that whole thing. Hi, hi. We recording? Hi. Welcome. Welcome to Ghosts and Hoes. Ghosts and Hoes. Ghosts and Hoes, a paranormal podcast <clears throat> mm-hmm. where we talk about all things spoopy. Yep. Ghosts. Uh-huh. Cryptids. Yep. Motherfucking aliens. Definitely those. Motherfucking witchcraft. Also, yes. Murder most motherfucking foul. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. And DX. And sometimes. From time to time. On it's, occasion. it's been a minute. But... It has. Well, I don't think anybody has any entertaining dick stories right now. I don't. No. Um, Some really, really good looking dude wanted to fuck John real bad last night. Oh. Whoa, where? Uh, Eagle Eye. <clears throat> oh. 94th and Foster. Okay. Interessante. But that clearly didn't go anywhere, so there's no story other than <laughs> he was good looking and was making eyes at John. There you go. I mean, fair. There you go. Super not John's type, though. So. <laughs> You're like, sorry, buddy. He looked like John. I'm like, oh. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's your type, though. Yeah. Well, it's gorgeous, but. <laughs> I love it. So, real quick. Um, hi everybody. Hi. Um, just so you know, we're this isn't gonna be a a full episode. Hence why it's five to ten minutes long. Exactly. <laughs> uh, this will be this will be put ahead of one of our Patreon episodes that we have not released yet. Because after doing this month's Patreon, Danielle and I were like Oh, there's no there. We can't. Our brains are broken. You guys um, legitimately wrote three episodes worth of content. We truly did. Yeah, for the Patreon episodes. So we're gonna take a little break uh, for the next couple weeks. Yeah, so we're gonna was... have Patreon episodes for you, and we'll be back after the Rose City Comic Con. Yep, after our live show. Yes, which is on Friday the tenth. At 5 p.m. Okay. in room E145-146. And so we just wanted to do a little a little mini um, update for you. Mm-hmm. And then uh, mm-hmm. we'll we'll give you um, a Patreon episode. Uh, we couldn't yeah, we, we we, just say nothing. We couldn't say nothing. And we had we had some we had some backhoes that we needed to we do. get out we of the do. way. We do. And we couldn't we couldn't wait. Yeah. So first of all, um, I'll go. Yeah, yeah. And I just wanted to say shout out to our new patron, April. Sorry, good lord, hiccups and burps all over the Get place. Get your shit together. <laughs> I'm sorry. Jesus uh, there's Christ. champagne here. I burped too. And I had it was really awkward. It that was is awkward. very, very uh, bubbly champagne. Yeah, yeah, like, it good is. God, yeah. it is. All of the bubbles. We're having mimosas because we earned them. And yeah. also because we're adults and we can do whatever we want, but and because it's, it's also time. <laughs> noon on a Sunday, and we're yeah. about to record said Patreon, we are that is going to take us out even further. Uh, hence the alcohol. This one's got some fucking blood, sweat, and tears in it, guys. And we I, are taking a much well needed and deserved uh, yeah. hiatus. It took me forever to write. I was also writing it while I had food poisoning. <sighs> so. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a very small chance I'm gonna leave <laughs> while you guys record it because I have to be at helium. That is fair. Yeah, but yeah. So that was that was my first backhoe. A shout out to our new patron April. Hey April. Um, also, thank you to new listener Dan for his very nice email. He sent us an email saying that he was listening to the show and he loved it. Oh, so that was very nice. Thank Thanks, you, Dan. And then again, thank you to everyone that's been writing. Awesome reviews on Yield Apple Podcasts for us. We love that. So thank you. 
And then you have. I do. So um, I covered a story. What was it? Two weeks ago now? Well, I think was was it last week? I don't time. No, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Because last week you did reptilians. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Uh, Caitlin Arquette. Lois Duncan's daughter, the unsolved murder of, and I don't know if any of y'all remember that uh, towards the end there was a man that was a suspect who happened to be there just chilling after Caitlin drove into a pole, supposedly, uh, Rodney Alpadaka, and turns out he confessed. He actually confessed to three rapes and three murders. In 1988, and then subsequently confessed to the murder of Caitlin Arquette. So that case has been solved, and I hope Lois is just smiling down from heaven. She got oh, her yeah. fucking man. So she sure did. That is my backhoe. Yay! Oh, Goose is raising her hand. Yes. Um, have we solved the mysterious whistling from the last episode? Oh, I haven't even listened, no. it, listened to it yet, but yeah. apparently in the last episode, there is a mysterious whistling. Yeah, there's whistling. It's Like, like it it's, sounds like a person whistling? Yeah, it's creepy. Mm-hmm. I was too high to listen to it we, when Holly we, pointed it out. I was like, I can't listen I could, to that I right have now. the exact... We were listening in the car, time, and we both heard it at the same time, and I looked at her, she looked at me, I said, was that a whistle? And so I went back 15 seconds, and yeah. It sounds like, an, it's not like, a, it doesn't sound like an audio artifact. I have no idea. It's whistling. Like no no no, it's like a it's like a whistle. Somebody's whistle it sounded like a little little tune. It's pretty bizarre. Okay. Just gonna put that out there. Yeah, no, I'm very interested to hear this. Right? I was too I was like, like now I'm I'm like, what <laughs> what? what did I miss? <laughs> yeah. It's pretty weird. We'll have to find that little Um oh, She's got it. Thirty five minutes and forty seven seconds in. And yeah. it lasts until thirty five fifty. So it's three seconds? Yes. It's very quick, but it's a quick little Fuck is my phone. little whistle, little tune. <laughs> you said 3547? No I'm inhaling bubbles now. Right <clears throat> it was different. <clears throat> anyway, uh, we also have things. We have presents. Uh, we have a lovely box from Brooke, a.k.a. Britta's daughter, on the old Instagram, which you should follow her because she is wonderful and amazing. Um, I, I haven't so opened excited. it yet. I know... Like a couple little things that are in here, but... 35, 45? 47. 47. But yeah, maybe 45, just so you get there like right before. Yeah. So here's a card. We love presents, guys. We Thank do love you presents. so much. Let's see. Ooh. This is cute. <laughs> what is it? Well, I knew what these were. These are for everybody, but she sent us a cute... Oh, I love this stationery. It's beautiful. Aww. Aww. Does she love us? Yeah. Okay, good. So this is this is the letter. I'm going to read it. She said, Aww. It's very cute. She said, I love y'all's podcast. The world has been soups banoons the past few years. Being able to escape with you guys for a couple hours every week with laughs, inside jokes, great stories, and an impossible drinking game has made this, yeah. this goop filled world a little more tolerable. <laughs> I made each of you a stash jar. With personalized stickers topped with black tourmaline, rainbow moonstone chips, and lavender rose quartz.
quartz, fill them with weed, spices, brick dust, use them as a paperweight. I also printed off some extra stickers, trying Aww. to find the right sizes for the jars. Keep doing what you're doing. I hope I can catch a live show one day. Can't wait for the merch to drop. Hats off to the fuck you club. XOXO hexes and hoes, y'all. Bye, Brooke. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Brooke. And that is so fucking awesome. So these are the stickers. And I stalk her all over Instagram. Oh, hard I, I love All the time. I love watching her on Instagram. So these are... The stickers, hang on. These are extras. And this one, so this this one is for Randall. They're all specifically related to each one of us. Okay. So we each have our own sticker. Randall's. Oh, God, Jesus, Lord. Just throwing stuff. A big cut. <laughs> it's Randall's face with Sasquatch on his head. Fantastic. That's amazing. Oh, my God. And then Danielle's. She is dressed as a saint, and it says, bless it. Oh, bless it. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my god, that's fucking <laughs> and amazing. Then, and then there's ghosts over goop. Uh. Which is fucking brilliant. And then uh this one is mine, where I'm making my beautiful face. It says what happens in the woods is not my business. <laughs> <laughs> and so those Oh my are god. I love them that's so much. Fucking amazing. Thank you. Thank so, you so much. And those are all. Um, I've got this queued up here. Oh yeah, okay. See, See if we can the mystery whistle. What? Yes. The other one I had was like cherry oh. or something. Did you hear it? Who's on your shirt? Uh, it's Barry, a.k.a. Uh, Bill Hader. Yes. My... No, I heard it. I heard it right when you pressed play. It's like cherry limeade or something. Who's on your shirt? Uh, it's It's Barry. back a little bit further. I need to go like whistle. Yeah, the second you it. press play, I heard it. Yeah. Okay. It was like. <laughs> yeah. I don't like that. I don't like that. It was, like it was that. odd. I don't like it. It it really sounded like the kind of things that we hear on EVP. That's yeah. why, like, I heard it instantly. The same. So that, I don't like it. Anyway, uh, uh, goose. I told you this place was haunted, and you said no. We. Uh, <laughs> you said no. I doubt it. We have presents from. Well, I was wrong. From goose. We do have presents from Goose. Honestly, if a ghost is haunting my house and all it wants to do is whistle, I don't give a shit. That's fair. I'll whistle with you, buddy. Presents. <laughs> They're uh, being boozled. Uh-huh. Oh. Two okay, flavors. I have more of a problem with this one than I do the other one. Same. She's, we've got the regular one with two new flavors, a.k.a. Dirty Dishwater and Stink Bug. Ah. No. And then the Fiery Five. Oh, there's more. There's... Booger. Oh yeah, those are all those are all normal. I don't want these. Uh, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, I am scared. <laughs> so I say we each take one from each and see what happens. Okay. Gotta open them. But you can't look it. Okay, here's here's the compromise that I will make here. Okay. I will I will take a Carolina Reaper one <laughs> if I can pick Whichever one I want from here. But the thing is, with those ones, they're, they're, they're the doubles. Same. So, like, the booger yeah. looks the same as the pear. So you could get a pear one, but it could also be the booger. God, that smells so bad. It really does. <laughs> oh. It. Oh. oh. God, not without AC, man. Yeah, I know. It's getting a little stuffy in here already. Jesus okay. Christ. Hang on. I got it. Oh. Okay. So what okay. do I potentially Christ. have? I can't. Mine for the hot one. I potentially have cayenne. I think. I don't know. I don't think the hot ones are doubled. Uh, they're not. I don't. They're not. 
No, the cayenne the cayenne is the dark red one without the spots. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I have a dark red one oh with spots. Oh my god, I don't want to do this. <laughs> okay, so I have a white one you that is I will taste toothpaste or berries. That's fine. I'm fine with that. I'm potentially dirty dishwater or birthday cake. Here I go. Ready? Yep. Yep. I'm glad we eat toothpaste. I forgot what this one is. Ah! No! <laughs> 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 you had one? <laughs> was it dishwater? Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Chase Chase, it was oh, mimosa girl. All right, so this is either toothpaste or berries. Oh, no. Berry blue. Ah. Toothpaste. I think. Is it minty fresh? Yeah, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Oh, I don't no. mind toothpaste at all. Oh, no. This is either going to be stinky socks or tutti frutti. Oh, please. Please don't be socks. It's actually good. The toothpaste one? Yeah, yeah it's just mint. minty. It's just mint. Oh, thank God. Oh, tutti frutti. <laughs> Woo-hoo-hoo! I usually win this game, or like lose this game. Yeah. Because we've- For other people win this game. Yeah. We've done this Many before. times. All yeah. right. Now the spicy motherfucker. Okay. All okay. Right. That was that was good. That was good. All right. Oh, that was- Anybody this... else going to Carolina Reaper it up with me? I don't know what this is. This game was always Carolina scary. Reaper? It's the chip that was, that's the the, mm-hmm. the pepper that was used for the chips we ate. No, I understand that, but I just don't know which one I have, because I can't. It looks like, All right. th- it looks like this one from here. It looks like cayenne. Oh, yeah, it's cayenne. Okay. I'll start cayenne. with cayenne. Cayenne's okay. easy. Yeah. I put cayenne in my food. <laughs> I put cayenne in my food. <laughs> there it is. Spice. There it is. There it is. <laughs> just a little, a little kick. Okay, well, if you did that one, I'll pick it. All the Carolina Reaper in the bottom? What the fuck? <sighs> okay. <laughs> you okay? Yeah. You gonna make oh, it? It's light and spotted. I missed it. Why okay. Is it spicy? Uh, since you there did, it is. You did that one. I will do habanero. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I just have to be careful so my dog doesn't get these. Oh, I feel it in my sinuses. Pretty hot? Yeah. <sighs> well, I'm about to fuck myself. Um, um... <laughs> Does this get... <laughs> you can't avoid the pain with the jelly bean like you can a chip. <sighs> yeah, it gets stuck in your teeth. Yeah, gonna... All right, I'm going to do one more of these. <laughs> oh, you're going you're gonna to go in for a bean boozle? All right. Carolina Reaper. Here we go. Yeah, buddy. Oh, <laughs> Starting to kick up. I can't fucking read this shit. I have no eyeballs. You need glasses. Uh, how is she? It's not as bad as the chip. Yeah, the chip was bad just because it fucking. It's, it's warm for sure. It's it's there, but it's nowhere near. The, as chip, bad as the chip dust made it worse. All right, so this is. I can't tell. Ta- oh, what's that one? Okay. What. What? Oh, it's getting more intense. <laughs> oh, there it is. It's a, it's a sneaker. Is it a slow builder? It's a little bit of a oh, slow a builder. What, what is this one? We'll see where it I don't gets. know. Try it. What color is it? Put it in your like mouth. A, oh, I think it's either stink bug. No, maybe? Hang on. You've got... It's, it's kind of dimly lit in here today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, what, All right. What am I doing? I think it's toasted marshmallow or stink bug. I think it's either... Or dead fish. Strawberry banana smoothie or dead fish. Okay. I'll do another one. I'll do another one, too. 
Oh no. Okay. You oh, can't God. do okay. that. Okay, That's not that bad. Mine is either rotten egg or buttered popcorn. One, two. rotten egg i don't i take it you weren't a fan of dead fish was it dead fish (laughs) yeah 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 i've had a very bad morning so i'm not subjecting myself to any more of that no that's fair i am done oh okay that was bad you guys did so good that was was bad i'll go seek out more toothpaste ones though those are great uh, what was the it's tooth? Oh no, toothpaste tooth- or berries? I was like, what's the other side of that? What's the bad part of toothpaste? <laughs> oh wait, that is. That sounds like a Liz Lemon line, even though it's not. What, <laughs> <laughs> what flavor was it? Hers? It was the fish one. It tasted like rotten fucking tuna. Oh. I've just been holding champagne in my mouth, um. letting the bubbles take away my sin. The right side of my tongue is kind of on fire. Yeah, same. With, um, Mine's still a little pacey, but... <sighs> that's good. Oh, boy. Are you going to do another one? <clears throat> I'm thinking about it. Oh, but I also Here, I'll do one it. with you. Okay, okay. They smell so bad. Oh, wait, I already had this one. Oh! Yeah! Oh, no! Hence my trepidation in the first place. Oh, that's heinous. Why does it smell like that? It smells like farts and fish. Actually, what it smells like is uh, rotten it... onion, and I know that because you guys may not have smelled it downstairs. There's something foul inside my kitchen drain. Uh-oh. Oh, Do you have no. a demon? A drain demon? There's a demon in there. Okay, yours Demons. is either we got them. dog food or chocolate pudding. I, I think. Should, why did I eat Carolina Reaper when my AC broke? And then I, think I don't know. I should have... we open this for ventilation? Like, the we backs of my one. knees are sweating. <laughs> the backs of my knees. You have knee sweat? I do. Okay, and this one is either bar for peach. Wow, that's bold of you. Okay. Cheers. Here. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Oh, God. It fell out of my mouth. No, 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 no. Chocolate pudding. Barf. Is that the empty bottle down there? Yes, dear. Yes, yes, dear, it is. Well, you have to take one more then. Why? I did three. Just grab bag it. Don't even look. Just grab oh. one. Oh, that was hateful. The dog food one is color. So is bad. it? Um, this would be a fun live show idea. Yeah, yeah. But we all have I like I deli- I like. Is it the fish one? You yeah. And say it's okay. either this or this. Little cups. All right, yeah. go. All right. So it's either dead fish or strawberry. Strawberry. Oh, you're gonna experience the same thing. Maybe. Oh, painful. Just put your mouth in pain. (laughs) (laughs) Right there it is. (laughs) Oh no! There it is. Nope. Nope. She's a savage. She's a champion. She's got this. Here's our garbage bag. There's also some cold fries down there. To get the taste out if you need them. Just let champagne sit in your mouth. Or blue Takis. Uh, no. Let or, the, let or the bubbles. Or seek out that toothpaste flavor. 
Let the bubbles soak away your sin. <laughs> I don't know why they put toothpaste in oh there as a negative. Right? It's, it's just, just mint It's flavor. just mint. Like, above and beyond that, it's wintergreen mint, which is my favorite. Yeah. So... All right, guys. Well, that was our episode today. That was <laughs> this is just this is just the face. intro to the Patreon episode that we're releasing to the public, and we will be on a little bit of a hiatus for a couple weeks. So, yeah, and uh, catch us at our live show, guys. Yeah, my mouth tastes. Get like, your fucking asses out and come see us live. My mouth tastes like grapefruit, fire, and barf. So it. It's a real good college party in my Barf mouth. Barf may have actually made me puke. <clears throat> it's actually not the worst one. It tastes like bile. It's the. It it's, tastes like rancid pepperoni pizza. Yeah, it's, it's that, like bile. It's the smell that comes into your sinuses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that triggers me. For me, the worst one by yeah. far I think I've ever had was either the dog food or the earthworm. Also, I would have to imagine booger doesn't taste like anything. <laughs> it, it tasted does. horrible. It tastes waxy. Right. And yeah, gross. It's gross, like but that, it's definitely not the worst. Like that weird funk you get in your sinuses after a cold, where it, oh. yeah, you can that's smell what it. it fucking oh. tastes like. Yeah, it's real gross. Earwax is another one that I was disgusting. Hate that one. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, no. Apparently, they Hi, were trying to create a pizza flavored jelly bean when, and they're like, oh, that tastes like vomit, and then birdie bots. And it became that the bean boozled was born. So did we get all of this in photo or video of any kind? <clears throat> yep, she yep. sure did. Awesome, great. All right, so, so. Uh, enjoy this. Enjoy this episode. And it's until next time, hexes and hoes, y'all. Hexes and hoes, y'all. Bye. Bye. Carnival Studios. I believe. Yeah. I see. That's Crunchy, the thing. Salty. I'll always buy mm-hmm. something that's savory with something that's salty. Yeah. But yeah. like a PB and J and nachos. Right. It sounds disgusting. Insane. It I sounds know. horrific. But maybe that's what we'll do for Patreon. We'll each make each other a weird sandwich and we'll try it. And um. See. Also, when people put fucking craft singles on apple pie, that that's one of the things I wrote down. To try, but not craft singles. It was just regular cheddar cheese. Okay. Craft singles, it doesn't, they don't really taste like anything. So I feel like you wouldn't get that salty way, bite of cheddar. I will try it. Uh, I'll make the apple pie. Okay. I'll make the, okay. the pie myself. Okay. Um, I don't understand the cheddar cheese on apple pie. I it's, don't get it. It's a, that I don't it's get either. a Midwestern thing, I think. Yeah. Um. I've watched a lot of food tasting videos in my whole entire life because for some reason, I just really like watching people eat. Sure. I've seen a lot of people make and try the cheese and apple pie. And I don't get it. I, but I, you know what? I do it's like, like the sweet from right. the, and the tart from the apple and the salty. And but I, I do get sliced apple on charcuterie boards with yeah. sliced cheeses. I get that. Yeah, I think it was like... Just a baked version of that. Some people sure. bake it in the pie itself, like in the crust. Oh, cheddar. And then some people yeah. just put it on top. Huh. Hmm. And I can't remember, I, like it was just, some people were like, I like it better this way. But I think. So it's like, either a topping or a crust. They never put it into the filling. Right. Not right. That no, I, it's on top. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
Yeah. So I think doing it like on top of the crust. So we're doing recipes for Patreon now? Yeah, it's going to be fun. Well, you know, today's theme. Oof. You're definitely not going to want to eat. Yes. Was, I think. Good with. I, we are, you Easy said we are on re- the pie today, guys. Right? Easy on the We're pie. Re- we are recording? We are recording. Oh, yeah. hello. Hi. Welcome, Ghosts and Hoes, the Patreon edition. Welcome to your Patreon. Yeah, because by now, Thanksgiving has passed. It and has. hopefully you're still in gentle pants. I am. I always am. So. I don't remember what jeans are. It's a mystery and a very distant memory. Right. Jeans. Uh, and hopefully they're like, you're a little less nauseous. From my story on Wednesday. Right. But that's just going to come right back. It is. Uh, Because my brain, as you all know, is a dick. And was like, (laughs) hey, Thanksgiving, what's better than talking about cannibals? What's better than talking about cannibals? Almost literally everything. (laughs) And very fun connection from last week's story to this one. Uh, I think I mentioned it. The, like, everybody was fucking terrified Mm -hmm. because this story we're talking about today happened, like, six months or so Mm -hmm. before Mm -hmm. Omaima Nelson. So everybody's like, oh, shit. 1991 (laughs) is the year of the fucking cannibal. It was. Because, that's right, motherfuckers, today we're talking about goddamn Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Lionel Dahmer. The Doms. You know, and here's the God thing. Damn it. <laughs> Ayo. Oh I my God. Dumb. If you could see Randall's face right now, he's just I'm not so upset. Even sorry. <laughs> he's about so upset. <laughs> so disgusted. You should be. I am. I, am. I mean, that's fair, but I'm still not sorry about it. So here's the thing everyone. Even people who aren't into true crime necessarily mm-hmm. know the name Jeffrey yeah. Dahmer. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows. Yeah. There have been plenty of memes going around for yep. Thanksgiving. Yep, that was, I shared a few right. on our right. Instagram. Um, and here's the thing. Nice. Everyone knows who Jeffrey Dahmer was and what he did. At least a little bit. On some level. Mm-hmm. And like, oh yeah, he's a murderer. Yeah. Or, oh yeah, he's the guy that ate people. Mm-hmm. And we, being into true crime yep. and knowing the things that we know, we knew things about Jeffrey Dahmer. See, the thing is, I was one of the people that didn't actually know in depth. In depth about, about Dahmer. Jeff- I just knew. I was like, oh, yeah, he yep. ate some people. Yeah. No, fair. Um, but diving into his story mm, is actually really sad. It is very sad. Thank you. And I felt really weird honestly, writing it. It's like... And, and this makes me really sad. I'm going to come across like a Dahmer sympathizer. I know I am. Same. And, and don't get me wrong. What he did was heinous and horrible. And the we worst. will get there. Oh, yeah. But if Jeffrey Dahmer were alive today, he, I would absolutely write to him. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely write to him and buy him as many cup noodles as I could. <laughs> <laughs> you know? well, I don't know if I would go that far. I would write to him. I don't know. I don't. I felt. Yeah. I, it was very. I felt very conflicted. His story all, is heartbreaking. Have you all seen My Friend Dahmer? No, I haven't watched it. I've I heard tried, it's really boring. It it is. I tried watching it. I couldn't finish it. Well, I so I love that movie, and it 
I might goes now, though. into a ton of what you're talking yeah, about yeah. with feeling bad about I his upbringing because yeah. it's fucking rough. It is. I know. It's awful. And I, when I first saw like the trailer for that movie, I was like, oh, interesting. But I didn't think the kid, was it Cody something from sure. Disney? Yeah. yeah I, I was like, he, he doesn't look like him. But then I saw a picture of Dahmer and I was like, oh, oh yes, he yeah. looks just like Jeffrey yeah. Dahmer. It was a little unsettling. Mm-hmm. But very good casting. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, in, in we will get there, but Dahmer 100% didn't blame his family. He didn't nope. blame his childhood. Mm-mm. He said it, it had nothing to do with the pornography, my family, my childhood, my upbringing, society. The only person responsible for what I did is me. Hmm. Yeah. I remember I read that quote and I was just like, well, excuse me whilst my whole body breaks out. Yeah. And the so. goosebumps, and I gotta grab my nip noops to let them know it's fine. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. We're okay here. Yeah. He's, he's very dead. And yes. also, we're not his type. No. No. No, at no. all. I mean, I'm, I'm closer to his type than you guys. Yeah. And I am closer skin color wise than sure. either of you. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so. But put us know, together. Oh no. <laughs> well, and, and, also and, drop our age by like 15 years. Yeah. And I will get there too, but um, he also said, you know, race and and gender really had nothing to do with it, but that was his own fucked up mind. I'll get there. Yeah. Gender had everything to do with yeah. it. Um, but when these murders took place after he got caught, um, the the African-American community was very upset because they felt that, that you know, he had targeted black men but he didn't for him he really just was looking for the most beautiful man in the room Mm -hmm. and they just happened to be you know so uh, 10 out of his 17 were african-american the others were white um so yes there were more well no seven were and then for then there was one or two he was lao yes just the one just one I think I was thinking of his name twice. Oh, yes. Then yes. Right. Okay. But for him, it it was, he was clearly just sexually attracted to anyone, but he he just went for the most beautiful man in the room. And that's, you know, it it was, that was it. That was as simple as that. Mm -hmm. So he didn't target anyone based on their, their race or, you know, he said gender, but. We'll get to that anyway. So here we go with the very sad tale. And we're going to end up sounding like Dahmer sympathizers, but. Very sad. <laughs> take, it, very, take it as you will. We'll, we'll explain more as we keep going. Very gross. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. uh, tale. Again, I'm pretty sure you guys, you know who Dahmer is, right? You know what you he know did. You know the Just general know it's going to get bad. Mm-hmm. And it gets real fucking bad. Before we start, I have to say, I was researching. I researched two cannibals back to back. You sure so did. So that was my bad. Because it was literally, <laughs> the, all of this was me. My my doing. Yeah. And sorry, not really. But I had, because I do HelloFresh, and I'd had um, <laughs> one night, it was like a bulgogi, rice, Yum. carrot, pork situation. And then the next day, because I had my leftovers and I was <laughs> I spent all night researching Jeffrey Dahmer and I was like I can't eat that 
I got to throw that away. <laughs> because apparently pork is the closest to human meat. Oh. I, I was like, I cannot gonna eat pork for a minute after <laughs> reading these. Ren writing these. See, and I don't stories. know what's wrong with me as a person. <laughs> usually, really usually I don't. Like, it doesn't get to me. But for some reason, this time it did. Because I'm sitting here and I'm watching interviews and, and I went through several, yeah. several crime scene photos. Yeah. And I went through several of his Polaroids. Yeah. Um, there with a sandwich. Uh, it's horrible. I'm See, a bad person. No. No, like... <laughs> While I was wor- I was eating lunch, going through fucking crime scene. While photos, I was working on it, like, I definitely oh, no. had snacks. <laughs> right, but the next day after I'd finished everything, and I'd I'd been having a conversation in text. I think I sent it to you. Um, somebody asked me if they. I wonder if they used spices. I'm like, well, yes, they did. Right. Uh, Omaima Nelson barbecue sauce, uh-huh. obviously, and Dahmer did, in fact, for all of the memes out there. Yes, he did season his human meat uh, with salt and pepper and also used condiments. Yeah. Steak sauce, I believe, was yeah, and he preferred. He preferred certain cuts, but we'll get there. Yep, we'll get there. So <laughs> at, it was after reading that and having that conversation, and the next day I was just like, it's going to be a minute, Pork. You and me, it's going to be a, a minute. <laughs> it's going to be a minute. This time. I also had a very fucked up dream. Oh, no. It wasn't, like, murder or anything, but Jeffrey Dahmer took me to this giant, scary attic. Like, it was probably the size of a football field. It was, like, Jesus exposed Christ. wood, like, the fiberglass. That's a in- massive attic. I know! My dreams are always weird and nightmarish, but it was just this giant attic. Fiberglass, insulation, you know, everywhere. It was just, like, that kind of attic. And he was, like, leading me around this attic and pointing out dead bodies. Who was? Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer was. That's Okay. uh, And he's like, and this is so-and-so, and and they murdered this many people, and this is they murdered, and it's just like showing me the bodies of all these murderers stored in this terrifying attic, but not all of them were dead. Like, some of them came out of nowhere and just, like, walked up to a spot, and they'd look at me and tell me their name and then lay down and then they were dead for real? And I'm like, I don't like this dream at all. Huh. It was very creepy. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I hated it. I woke up like super uncomfortable. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> Why? Huh. I don't want it. Well, I'm going to tell you. I mean, I've been working on Dahmer for a week now and I'm I'm a little bit sick of it. Yeah, I'm a little sick of his voice, to be honest. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't watch too many. Oh, I did. Yeah, well, makes sense. I didn't have to. Yeah, I got, oh, I, I, I got, I got the ass end of this story. Yeah. I, I wanted the ass end of this yes. story, so I mine, took it. mine was the beginning. So yeah, I get, I get oh. the gnarly shit. Yeah, you got the worst of it. That's I did. I, I have twelve so pages. I, God damn! I have twelve pages of Dahmer. Yeah, that's why I asked if you were sure. Yeah, what sure. do you got? I've got five. Okay. Because yeah. I did his early life, mm-hmm. and there wasn't, like, too terribly much. So that's why That's why I was like, yep. are you sure you want to start where you started originally? And then you're like, yeah, you know what? Actually, take that part. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll take 
the next one. Yeah. So I added a little bit more to mine. All right. All right, guys. Um, Buckle up. Yeah. Just, it's Dahmer. You know it's going to get bad. So, you know, it's just, here we go. Yeah. Oh, no, I thought I was going to (laughs) sneeze. I didn't. Just kidding. Uh, So, Jeffrey Lionel Dahmer was born on May 21st, 1960 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A Gemini. Wisconsin. Of course he's a Gemini. Wisconsin, where they eat apple pie with cheddar cheese, I'm sure. Uh, His dad, Lionel, was a chemistry student, and his mom, Joyce, had been a teletype machine instructor before becoming a stay-at-home mom. Uh, There are a few varying reports on how Jeffrey was handled as a baby. Some sources say that he was doted on, while others paint a much more grim situation. Uh, Those sources, which include Lionel Dahmer, say that outside of feeding or changing or posing for a quick photo, uh, Jeffrey wasn't held or cuddled much by his mother as an infant. Uh, His own grandmother was apparently not allowed to hold him on Joyce's orders. Why? Well, as it turns out, Joyce Dahmer was quite the germaphobe, and according to Jeffrey's stepmother, spoiler alert, his parents get divorced, mm-hmm. uh, Sherry, she said, when Jeff was born, the grandparents were not allowed to hold the baby. Joyce didn't want anyone touching the baby or breathing on it. She was afraid of germs. Okay. Okay. So we need to talk about Joyce a little bit before I get back to Jeffrey. Uh, Joyce had some mental health issues, which, yes, highly relatable. Uh, she suffered from depression and was a bit of a hypochondriac, meaning... She was very much a hypochondriac. Uh, In spite of this, Jeffrey was apparently a pretty sick baby who had frequent throat and ear infections. Uh, She's also said to have suffered from pretty severe bouts of anxiety, and she would act out to get her husband's attention. He was in school, so he wasn't really home a whole lot. Right. Um, So when she was pregnant with Jeffrey, it's reported that she was taking up to 27 different kinds of pills including progesterone, growth hormones, and antidepressants, a day. Huh. 27 pills a day. That's a lot of pills. A God lot. Damn. Uh, That's doc- a lot of pills. Yeah. yeah. Doctors did warn her that this could negatively impact her baby, but it was 1960, and I feel like the general consensus may have been along the lines of, well, what's the worst that could happen? Right. You know, that was the day when people, they smoked, they drank, yeah. they took all manner of meds while oh, pregnant. Yeah. Just- oh, yeah. They didn't know. They didn't know. And they're like, it might not be the greatest idea, but what's the best gonna that's going to happen? The worst? What, you're going to have a murderous cannibal for a baby? Oh, wait. It's fine. Yeah, those, those are the days when doctors would prescribe mother's little helper. Yeah. You know, and every suburban housewife was on fucking methamphetamine. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, just to be clear, not blaming anyone, especially Joyce, for anything. Just being medicated is absolutely necessary for a lot of people, myself included. So I can't really imagine the nightmare that was mental health care in the 60s. Right. Uh, like You do what you got to do. And sadly, sometimes there are consequences, even though you've done everything as right as possible for your situation at the given moment. Right. Just stating facts that she was taking a lot of pills. Um. It's also believed that Joyce suffered from postpartum depression, which is why she may not have bonded uh, with her firstborn. She did keep a baby book for Jeffrey, though, which included all of his milestones, like first steps, first words, a ton of photos, lock of hair, and apparently a little paragraph about the first time he got into into trouble as a tyke. What that was? Couldn't find it. Just that that had been in there. Right. 
She spent a lot of time in bed during a majority of Jeffrey's childhood and at one point attempted to commit suicide by overdosing on a tranquilizer called Equinil, uh, which she had become addicted to. There, uh, that wouldn't be the only time that Joyce attempted to kill herself either. The next attempt came two years after Jeffrey was sentenced to 941 years in prison. Uh, police found her face down in the kitchen uh, of her Fresno, California home with the gas oven on and the door wide open. Yeesh. Yeah. She left a note that read, It's been a lonely life, especially today. Please cremate me. I love my sons, Jeff and David. Uh, she would ulti- she would ultimately pass away in 2000 at the age of 64 from breast cancer. Yes. Um, at four, Jeffrey had surgery for a double hernia. And after that was when he seemed to change completely. Up until that point, he'd been a bright and happy little boy who loved animals and collecting bugs, mainly butterflies and dragonflies, um, collected them in jars. Following the surgery, he became sullen, shy, and distrustful. When Jeffrey was six years old, the family moved from Milwaukee to Doylestown, Ohio, and Lionel finally got his degree. Uh, Like I said before, he was a student uh, for the first six years of Jeffrey's life and was largely absent from the home. Um, Soon after the move, his parents welcomed another son, and he was allowed to choose his brother's name, which was David, of whom he was quite jealous of, Mm. uh, especially near the beginning. Kind of like a... Normal. Yeah, especially when your mom didn't really interact with you much as a baby, and then this one comes along and it's getting all the attention, extra attention you feel. Uh, the family moved quite a bit uh, over the next couple years until the family family finally seemed to settle in Bath, Ohio, when Jeffrey was eight. Uh, not long after the Dahmers had settled into their new digs, it's alleged that Jeffrey was molested by a neighborhood boy, but both Jeffrey and Lionel, who was purported to have made the claim, to Jeffrey's probation officer years later would eventually deny this. Hmm. Lionel was like, he was molested as a child. And then both of them were like, no, actually, no, that didn't happen. Right. So whether it did or didn't, no, who knows? I mean, why say it? Right. I don't, I don't Later to a parole officer. Mm, I feel like I kind of know the reason why, but we'll have to remind me, remind Mm me. Um, So it was around the same time when Jeffrey was eight that his love of animals and fascination with how they worked would get a little weird. Now, a lot of people assume that Jeffrey Dahmer tortured and killed animals as a child because it's one of the surefire signs of a serial killer. Right. Imagine my surprise to learn that wasn't the case. Right. Uh, Well, he didn't torture or kill animals. He did have a penchant for finding already dead ones, which he he would then take uh, to the woods near his home, or sometimes he actually took them to the house uh, and would dismember the remains. Uh, Although when he was seven or eight, he recalled giving his teacher some tadpoles that he had collected. Uh, The teacher, thinking nothing of it, gave the jar to another student, which pissed little Jeffrey right the hell off. Oh, no. He was not okay with the fact that his teacher gave away the present he had given her. Um, So he took them from the kid, dumped them out, poured gasoline on them, and lit a match. Wow. Some accounts say that he smothered them by pouring motor oil over them, but either way. Excessive. Excessive. Uh, He would later tell... uh, I'll... I forgot to write down his full name, but I'll do it later. It's uh, Wallstrom. If you call, if you want to call that torturing animals, I tortured animals. So there's that one instance. 
That would be his forensic psychiatrist. Yes. I forgot. I know I wrote Carl. There it is, Dr. Yep. Yeah. So, who interviewed him a lot. Yes. Uh, according to friends of his from this time, uh, he would put parts from the dismembered creatures into jars and keep them in the family shed and would say that he wanted to know how they fit together. On one occasion, he found a dog carcass, which he decapitated. He then nailed the body to a tree and stuck the head on a spike. As you do. I mean, and there is actually a photo of it. Like somebody yeah. like in the neighborhood was walking and saw it. And they're like, um, what? Thank God I've got my camera. I don't know what the fuck is happening here. Help. Also, what? Yeah. Yikes. Right. Yikes. Like, that would... This is why I don't go in the woods. Fair. Um, so, the seemingly bizarre and macabre fascination with dead things allegedly started when Jeffrey was around four years old uh, when he watched his father remove the bones of a dead animal from underneath the house. Uh, he apparently loved the sounds that the bones made as they rattled together. Oh, and ever since that, okay. since that day, yeah. he became fascinated with dead things. Yeah. Uh, and he would spend time searching under the porch or in the nearby wooded areas for his growing collection. Which is scary because I 100% scavenged for bones when we were at the cabin. And we both 100% have bone collections. We absolutely <laughs> do. So, yikes. Again. Yikes! Who are we as people? Not the worst. Nope, clearly. <laughs> also, let it be known that his hobby of bone collecting and dismembering dead animals absolutely lost Jeffrey most of the few friends that he had. Uh, he was definitely considered the weird kid, which is something that followed him throughout his school days. And bless it. Um, now, Lionel and Joyce didn't really think anything of their eldest son's hobbies. In fact, Lionel, as a scientist, research chemist himself, was pretty stoked that his son seemed to be so interested in biology and anatomy. Right. Uh, in 1968, an eight-year-old Jeffrey asked his father during dinner what would happen if he put the chicken bones from dinner into bleach. After that, Lionel showed his son how to bleach and preserve animal bones safely. Uh, and according to forensic psychiatrist Carl Wallstrom, who interviewed and evaluated Dahmer for trial and then interviewed him a lot mm -hmm. over the years just because, uh, he said he and his dad, as a father-son activity, bleached the connective tissue and the hair off rodents' corpses when they found animals who died under their house. Eventually, only a pail full of bones would remain. It was like a personalized rattle. The family would call them his fiddlesticks. His fiddlesticks! His fiddlesticks. His fiddlesticks! <laughs> his fiddlesticks. I hate it. Yeah. So bad. This yeah. is, this is, th uh, yeah, rough. A little rough. Yeah, his fiddlesticks. Oh, and we're we, not we even... We haven't gotten rough yet. No, I know. I know. It's, it's just... so much worse. I'm, I'm going to get real rough with y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, BT dubs, the techniques his dad taught him would be used later on in much worse ways yes. when it came to preserving bones. Yes, they would. It's not great. Almost regret eating earlier. I don't know why it gets me, but this one does. Um, when Jeffrey hit puberty, shit really began to pop off. Shock. Uh, his parents' marriage was never solid, and they fought... All the time. A neighbor would recall the police being called out to the Dahmer home multiple times over domestic disputes. Uh, Jeffrey would tell a classmate that his hatred of the phone came from his parents paying more attention to the telephone than him. 
Interesting. And would say following his arrest that his parents were always at each other's throats. Mm-hmm. I also hate the phone. Fair. <laughs> I really do. Oh, God. Yet arguing parents does not a killer make. No, no, it does not. He said that himself. Yep. Uh, Carl Wallstrom would go on to say that he was a very disturbed kid and adolescent. He was very isolated from the people around him. Uh, when he was around 13 or 14, Jeffrey discovered alcohol and began drinking beer and liquor daily. Uh, he took booze to school with him and told a classmate who asked him what he was drinking that it was his medicine. Uh, his drinking wasn't a secret at all. And despite obvious concern from his teachers, he was considered polite and was an average student. Nope, sorry. That was going to sneeze again. It just keeps, like, wow. it's, like, right behind my eyes. At least just, we're getting these little breaks from, just, like... Sit. Horrific, yeah, fucking bone chilling. Maybe that's why my body's like, no, it's too much. We gotta stop. <laughs> well, that's the <sighs> thing about the story is like, you know, we're listening to just his childhood, which you know, okay, cool. You're but like, yikes! You just you know what's coming. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're just waiting for that tidal wave. You can see it's it coming. You know it's on the way. The tsunami just... of yuck is tsunami coming. Tsunami of yuck. Fiddlesticks, the tsunami of yuck. It's the title of this episode. You're all welcome. <laughs> Nailed it. Beautiful. I don't even have to listen Joint to Joint effort. Done. Uh, um, so in high school, he would briefly play clarinet in the school band, and he also enjoyed playing tennis. Uh, he was sort of the class clown, often playing pranks and doing hilarious bits, like bleeding like a goat at random. Uh, making chalk outlines of bodies on school grounds and faking seizures. Hilarious. Bleeding like a goat. Uh-huh. Yeah, if you watch I don't, I don't... My Friend Dahmer, yeah. this is what the focus of the movie yeah. is. Is like, this part of his life? And in just a second. Oh, my head itches. Oh, See, I God. think now, knowing basically everything about Jeffrey Dahmer, yeah. we are now clearly experts. Obviously. Um, we know everything that... about him without actually ever having met him. Right. <laughs> Um, I think I might have to go back and give it a whirl. I loved it. Okay, I I'll give it, it a whirl. Awesome. I was like, oh my god, this is so fucking boring. Because but- there's no, there's that. Uh, uh, this isn't about the movie. Um, <laughs> no, I'm saying this podcast. Anyway, it's fine. I don't know what I'm. Doing. I know what you meant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did you smoke pot? Yes. I, yeah. <laughs> go on, Z. I'm done. It's fine. <laughs> I need I need a break, and also I'm trying to find something that. Uh, There's no murder in the movie, is what I was gonna say. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's more just about his childhood, right? Yeah, the like the only murder is like towards the end. You see bloody fingernails, and that's kind of it. That was his first. That would make sense. Okay, so So I had to I had to pull up a text conversation I was having with my friend, who is a psychologist, and I told her we should have her on the show someday. Okay, Um, you know her. Oh, good. but she told me a really interesting story, and I had to go find it because it fits into this part that's coming up. Sold. So, yeah, he would fake seizures. Also, he would just pretend to be, uh, I'm trying to think of the word for it that is not offensive. Oh. Um, but, yeah. Mentally challenged? That. Slow? Um, the articles I read said crippled. Okay. I don't emotionally crippled. No, like physically. he would pretend to be physically gimpy oh. to get to get laughs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Um. Kind of, so if if you wanted to equate it with like an actual condition, it would kind of be 
like what you would see some people with cerebral palsy. I was yes. just going to say and that. That's exa- and then a there lot of go. articles said that that was that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it's like the hand to the chest stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So, funny. Not. Uh, these antics, by the way, were eventually known as doing a Dahmer. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I was talking to my friend, who is a psychologist, and she actually was in grad school when this happened. Uh-huh. And one of his classmates was in her abnormal psychology class. Oh. Yeah. Is this our friend on the East Coast? Yes. Got it. Uh, and she said, and this is from the text message, she said, she said when someone fucked up, they called it pulling a Dahmer because he was such a screw up. So basically he was bullied and mocked. So either right. when somebody would just like fuck up or be like you're pulling a Dahmer you're you're doing a Dahmer right or or yeah pulling a Dahmer doing a Dahmer like when in Canada when they called people goalers when they were being stupid right right got it so it was not meant as a fun thing no um but yeah and so when I was talking about you know the falling over and faking seizures she's like uh maybe it was a form of frontierism with that behavior okay for getting human touch and sexual pleasure faking a seizure shaking all over someone i was like that is an interesting yeah interesting theory i mean it would kind of absolutely absolutely Uh, it does and it was the only way he could get some human contact because he wasn't getting any at home yeah Mm -hmm. like that checks out this is your job so thank you right also well you know and you you've it's Human touch, especially for in- infants, is so important. That's why you have some of these kids coming out of these orphanages mm-hmm. that have never been held a day in their life, and then yeah. someone adopts them, and, and they send them the fuck back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're violent, and they're angry, and... Because they're scared. And, well, some of them want to kill you. You know? I mean, so... There, ha- there have been cases where children have been sent back. Indeed. Um, and there was a little girl that there was a documentary made. Uh, anyway, a few oh, years back. You know who I'm talking yes. about. Yes. I've almost done that story. Yes. But I have not yet. Anyway, today is about you, Dahmer. So let's. Oh, Jeffrey. We digress. Jeffrey, Jeffrey. It just, the further into this I go, the more my whole body starts to itch. Like it's starting at the top of yeah, my top. Yeah, makes your head itch. And my face. Well, yeah. By it's the not end. get any better, guys. I'm just be like, somebody bring me some Benadryl. I can't handle this anymore. So, well, he sounds like an absolute riot. Right. right. <laughs> Other students were definitely put off and creeped out by him. I can imagine. I mean, when you think about it, we all knew that kid in school. Yeah. Like, there, there was always at least that one kid. Yeah. Where you're like, okay, that's kind of funny, but I feel like if I, it's not that funny... But also, if I don't laugh, I'm a little bit scared. Right. You know, there was always that one kid. You're like, yeah. I wonder if his home life is okay. Exactly. And looking back on it, it's pretty sad to think about what would have been different for Dahmer if someone had intervened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because everybody knew that he was drinking at 13, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew that his mom was... Distant. Essentially not around right she was either trying to get her husband's attention they were fighting in front of the boys or she was in bed and sometimes in the hospital yeah so everybody knew nobody did anything so that to me is what made me really sad 
Right. Uh, I was just like, oh, man. I know. Just, and again, mental health in back then wasn't really too yeah. many options. Like, oh, okay, well, let's send you to an institution for a while. Mm-hmm. Even if you're just 16 and sad and angsty, just go here for months for mm-hmm. mm, instead of actual help. Yes. <sighs> All right. Drunk Dahmer. Not funny. Not. It's very sad. Um, this was around the time he realized he was gay. Uh, he kept it a secret from his parents and the few friends that he had, but he did have a brief relationship with another young man from school, although nothing sexual happened between them. Mm-hmm. I think it was just a really cute little, like, clandestine, like, maybe we touch fingers under our desks right. and we whisper and giggle to each other after school, but nothing serious. Um, despite the clandestine relationship, Carl Wallstrom reported that Jeffrey's libido was off the charts and that his violent sexual fantasies took up about two-thirds of his day. Yeah. He fantasized about being in control of a completely submissive partner, which, okay. But those fantasies would take a dark turn when they turned into thoughts of killing and mutilating men and having sex with their dead bodies. Yeah. The line has been crossed at that point. Yeah. That's that is no longer a fetish. That is a problem. Yeah. Um, in an interview with Inside Edition, Dahmer said that, I had these obsessive desires and thoughts, wanted to control them, the victims, uh, to, I don't know how to put it, possess them permanently. Yes. He told Wallstrom in an interview that when he was an adolescent, he became obsessed with a man he had seen jogging regularly in the area. Uh, He decided one day to hide in a bush with a baseball bat along the man's route and knock him out when he jogged by. Thankfully, the man decided to skip his jog that day and Jeffrey gave up for the time being and moved on. But that was that man and Jeffrey, I believe, was between 13 and 16 when that happened. Mm. And that man was definitely going to be his first victim of sorts. Of something. Whether he intended on killing him or just raping him, I don't even think Dahmer knew. Right. He just knew that he wanted that to happen. Mm-hmm. My God, could you imagine learning that, like being that guy and be like, hey, I used to jog over there. Maybe it was me. Like, whoa. Right. Uh, in 1977, Joyce and Lionel decided to start going to couples counseling in the hopes of salvaging their marriage, but still fought once they were home. Jeffrey's grades started slipping around this time, and a tutor was brought in with the intention of getting them back to average or a little better, uh, to no avail. Uh, During one of their counseling sessions, Joyce revealed that she'd had an affair, and the pair decided to get divorced. Uh, While they told their boys that the split was amicable, it was anything but, and each one would later claim, and this is a quote, extreme cruelty and gross neglect of duty against their former spouse. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Lionel moved out of the family home and into a nearby motel in early 1978. And Jeffrey would go on to say later that I decided I wasn't ever going to get married because I never wanted to go through anything like that. Fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey would graduate from high school in 1978 and was caught drinking near the school's parking lot by one of his teachers who threatened to report him. Uh, he told them that he was experiencing a lot of trouble at home and that his counselor was fully aware of the situation, which wasn't a lie. 
Um, around the time he graduated, Joyce packed up and she and David went to Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, to live with family. She had not informed Jeffrey, and when he returned home from school one day, this was right around the time he was getting ready to graduate, he came home and discovered that he had been abandoned. Jesus fucking Christ. He was barely 18 and completely on his own in the family home. Uh, he carried on as best he could and even went to prom with a female classmate who said that he was shy but polite. Uh, being Can you an imagine? Un- right? I went to prom with Jeffrey Dahmer. Dear God. Where are you? Who are you? Right? Ma'am. Tweet at us. Right? Yeah. Ghost on Hills. Twitter. Gmail.com, too. Fuck. Send us an email. Who, who are you? Anyway. Facebook? Carrier Pigeon. All of it. Everything. Right. You got it? Let me know. Um, so being an unsupervised teenager, he also threw a few parties at his family home that he was living in mm-hmm. by himself. I can't. I would too. Shit. Right? Can you just, I just can't even imagine. Just like coming home, like, you know your dad's gone. He's somewhere close Mom by. Mom moved while you were at school. She just fucking bounced. She dipped. She's like, I'm going to take my favorite child and we're going to get the fuck out. Like, you couldn't wait a few months until your son was 18 or like graduated. Even then. Like, like you couldn't, you, right? You couldn't wait. Right. And then be like, hey, we're going to go stay with family. You want to come or, you know, do whatever because you're 18 now? Right. No, she's like, fuck you, Jeffrey. Bye. Which is so bizarre because she claims to love her children so much. Right. Claimed she is dead now. Just, it's, I can't. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, so, through parties, as anyone would do as a teenager in that kind of situation. The girl he went to prom with did attend one of these shindigs, but decided to leave when Jeffrey pulled out a Ouija board to conduct a seance and summon the devil. As you do. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know. Cool party trick. Yeah. Yeah. Like, trying to be edgy. Be like, I'm going to summon the devil. That's what I'm going to do at Bob's house. (sighs) Right, well. Yeah. (laughs) Bob maybe earned it. Right in that blue room. Uh, Now, whether or not the seance took place, the devil would appear on June 18th, 1978, and his name was Jeffrey Dahmer. Oop. So that day, Dahmer would pick up 19-year-old, and some some reports say he was 18. 18, 18, um, 18, yeah. 18 or 19, almost 19. I don't know. Uh, Stephen Hicks, who was hitchhiking to a concert at Chippewa Lake Park. Dahmer convinced Stephen to come home with him under the pretense of drinking and listening to music together. Uh, Once they got to Dahmer's place, they did in fact listen to music, drink, and allegedly had sex together. But after a few hours, Hicks stated that it was time for him to go. Dahmer then hit Stephen in the back of the head with a 10-pound dumbbell while he was sitting in a chair. Uh, He fell to the ground unconscious, and Dahmer proceeded to strangle him to death by pushing the dumbbell against his throat. After Stephen Hicks was dead, Dahmer undressed him and masturbated over his corpse. Uh, The next day, Dahmer took Stephen's body into the basement, where it was then dismembered, and then (sighs) buried in a shallow grave in the backyard. A few weeks later, he would dig up the remains, strip the flesh from the bones, which he then dissolved in acid. Once all of the flesh had been melted, he poured out the acid flesh goo into the toilet and flushed the evidence. That's as a lot of flushing. That's mm-hmm. a lot of flushing. Uh, as for the bones, he obliterated them with a sledgehammer and scattered them in the woods behind the house. 
Uh, he would later go on to explain why he murdered Stephen Hicks by simply stating that he had, um, he wanted to leave and I didn't want him to. Yeah. Uh, six weeks after he murdered Stephen Hicks, Dahmer, a little afraid of himself, attempted to clean up his act. Uh, his father and his fiance Sherry, returned to the Dahmer home around this time and learned that Jeffrey had been living there alone for quite some time. Mom done fucked up. Yeah. She did not even tell her husband, ex-husband, that she was leaving their son. Right. She's like, bye. It's pretty shitty. Very shitty. Um, in August, Dahmer would enroll at Ohio State University and was apparently excited to study business. He would business. Drop- business. He would drop out of college after one term because of his drinking problem, which by now was so bad that he actually sold blood to pay for booze. Oh, Jesus, um, Jeff. His father, who wasn't super pleased, insisted that Dahmer then join the army. He right. had signed up for a six-year stint and was trained to be a combat medic. And in July of 1979, he was stationed in West Germany and was, yet again, average. Uh, two fellow servicemen would later report being raped by Dahmer while stationed in Baumholder. And by 1981... Dahmer was honorably discharged from service after being found unfit for duty because of his alcoholism. And there were some um, unsolved murders in that area at the time. Interesting. But there is no way to connect them to Dahmer. It was like an after-the-fact kind of thing. Like, hey, these murders happened. He was around. Maybe it was him. But there's no... And I didn't look to see what kind of murder it had been. Right. Like, well, what he, kind of situation. He had a very specific he MO. He did. But that was also, I mean, that it, was the beginning stages. It was. But his MO is not going to vary much from Stephen Hicks. No. So. Not much at all. No. So there was. It, at all. It was just one of those things where they're like, well, maybe, but we really will never know. Right. Um, so honorably discharged 1981, he was afraid of facing his father and because he was quote unquote tired of the cold, uh, Dahmer went to Miami beach, Florida, instead of returning to Ohio. Woo. Uh, he lived here on his own for a while, uh, finding work in a deli and renting a motel room and spending time on the beach. But, of course, it would not last. About six months in, Dahmer was evicted from his room at the motel after he'd skipped out on his rent payments because the money went to booze. Uh, Defeated, he called his dad and asked to return home. Uh, When he moved in with his dad and stepmom, he requested a list of chores, started looking for work. Everything seemed like he was trying to, you know, turn it around. Right. Two weeks after he returned to Ohio, he was arrested for a drunk and disorderly conduct, which came with a suspended jail sentence and a $60 fine. So he did not do time in jail. Uh, With his alcoholism out of control, Lionel decided that the only way to help his son was to send him to West Allis, Wisconsin, to live with his mother, Jeffrey's grandmother, Catherine. Um, And pretty much everywhere that I read said that Catherine was the only person who had ever shown Jeffrey any kind of love and affection um, and physical contact when he was growing up. Right. So at first, 
Everything seemed to be turning around for Dahmer upon moving in with his grandma. He went to church with her on Sundays, did his chores, uh, and although he continued to drink and smoke, uh, he was actively looking for jobs. And in 1982, he got a job at the Milwaukee Blood Plasma Center as a phlebotomist. Cool. Right? I'm like, okay, well, that's getting our like, shit together that's there. A whole ass career, Jeffrey. Whole ass career. Good job. Okay. So he was 22. Um, he worked there for just under a year before getting laid off, which blows. Right. And spent the next two years unemployed and living off of whatever allowance Catherine gave him. In August, right before he was laid off, Dahmer exposed himself to a group of women and children at the Wisconsin State Fair Park and was arrested for indecent exposure. He was fined $50 in court costs. That's it. That's it. Uh, in January of 85, Dahmer found work as a night shift mixer at Milwaukee Ambrosia Chocolate Factory. Yeah. <sighs> Making chocolate. Fucking candy, people. Right? It's just, it's unsavory. I would question anyone. Yeah. That tells me they work for a candy company yeah. as a grown-ass Even adult. if I hadn't, like, if I didn't know that, if I didn't know about Dean Coral, I'd be like, I've fucking seen Willy Wonka. You can get your crazy ass out of here, right, sir. But then knowing the rest of it, I'm like, I don't feel like I trust it. Fair. And I'm thankful that machines mostly do it now, I think. Yeah. Seems safer somehow. Right. Um... So, yeah, I worked at a chocolate factory and a night shift for a while, which is also never great. Uh-huh. Don't love a night shift. Uh-uh. Uh, around this time, Dahmer began to acquaint himself with Milwaukee's gay scene and started to frequent the local clubs and bathhouses. Dahmer was super not into his sexual partners moving during their encounters, like, at all. Right. And at one point, it said that he stole a mannequin from a department store to satisfy himself sexually. Right. Uh, however, his grandma found it and Mostly made him same. get rid of it. Mostly same. same? Mostly same. Did your Mostly grandma same. did your grandma find your sex mannequin and mm-hmm. make you get rid of it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> kind of fun, actually. <laughs> kind of fun. Yeah. I just, I just anyway, go on. I just <laughs> trying to think about having a mannequin to bone back in the eighties. That's some hard plastic. That seems. This is because Jeffrey Dahmer Not suffered nice. from necrophilia, and he's just learning. Yeah, he's just that. figuring it out. It's never it's great. Never great. It's, never, it's great. never great. It's never great. It's never, never great. So, in 86, Dahmer would start to give his partners um, sleeping pills, or lace their drinks with sedatives and proceed to rape them. Now, whether he gave them these sleeping pills and they knew what it was, I don't know. It's just that he gave them sleeping pills or he would lace their drinks with sedatives. He was banned from several bathhouses. Yes, he was. Uh, let's see. He This, like the sleeping pills and the sedatives, it happened 12 times yeah. before the bathhouse 86 him. But that did not stop him, and he moved on to motel room trysts. And following his eventual arrest, Dahmer re- revealed that I trained myself to view people as objects of pleasure instead of as people. Right. So in June of 86, not long after his bathhouse membership had been revoked, Dahmer spotted the obituary of an 18-year-old boy in the newspaper. Uh, he hatched a plan to attend the funeral in order to steal the boy's corpse and bring it home, but he gave up after he tried digging up the coffin, uh, citing that the ground was too hard. I mean, he was going for it. Yeah, he was. He meant it. 
He's going for it. He was like, oh, well, this, it all makes sense now. Right. This is what I need to do. Right. But after, he was like, oh, it's too fucking hard. Yeah. So we just gave up. Fair. Which, they're all terrible, but I feel like I would have rather he continued grave robbing than murdering people. Right. It's horrible. It is. But. Turns out it's easier. It was it, the option, the the alternative is worse. Right. M- right. Marginally. The outcome would have been the same, but it just, you know, it, it's easier. 17 people this maybe route. would have lived. Yeah. 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 My body feel really gross. Um, so a couple months after that, Dahmer was arrested again for indecent exposure after masturbating in front of two 12-year-old boys near the... Oh, boy. Kanikanik River? Ooh, okay, sure. Uh, at first, he admitted to the crime, but later recanted and said that he had just been peeing and had no idea that the boys were there. Right. Uh, the charge was changed to disorderly conduct... And in March of 1987, he was sentenced to counseling and a year of probation. And I'm not sure. I don't think it was this time. It may have been right after that. But at one point, he did have to register as a sex offender. I got it. Okay. I couldn't remember. I'm like, I don't think it happened then. I think it was the next time. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, after nine years, he would start to kill Again. And this, we'll save our sources for the very end. Is where I come in. Oh, and here is where it gets so So much much worse. worse. So here we are in 1987. I was two. Jeffrey Dahmer was living at his grandma's house and all his fuckery from the last few years were building up to another murder. In an interview... In February of 1993 with Inside Edition, he was asked why there was a nine-year span between, yeah, ASMR. Cool. Sorry, that was my emergency peeps. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he was asked why there was a nine-year span between his first and second murder and how he was able to control himself and his urges for so long. His response was, there just wasn't an opportunity to fully express what I wanted to do. There was just not the physical opportunity to do it then. He said that when he moved to Milwaukee was when he started to look at the porn and frequenting the gay bars and the bathhouses, which gave him the opportunity that he was looking for. So the second murder would take place on September 15th. Nice. Nice. Just the thing I'm trying. That was her Pepsi in the microphone. ASMR diet Pepsi situation. Fucking weirdo. You're a little too stoned. I don't like that. <laughs> All of a sudden, I was like, what's happening? It's like, why does my recorder sound like shit? All of a sudden. It's just my diet peeps. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Bubbling in the microphone wow. to maybe help yeah, you Yeah, bro, you want some peps? This little diet peeps on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. This is that, yes, the water I just finished was actually like the full first full glass of water I've had in like... Three days. Yeah, top oh. it off with some soda. There you go. All right. I gotta. 
Can't right, be. Are you, are you going to pour more? Should we wait? Or? No, you can't. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to put it back up in the microphone. Okay. I was like, I'm just so uncomfortable because I know what's happening now. So the second murder would take place on September 15th, 1987. The year of our Lord. Yep. And Jeffrey was out in a boot and had met 25-year-old Stephen Twomey. They were drinking and bar hopping, having a great time. And at the end of the night, Jeffrey got a room at the Ambassador Hotel, room 507. And he would later say that he had absolutely no intention of killing or hurting Stephen at all. Um, he had only planned to drug him and then have sex with him. But when Jeffrey woke up in the morning, Stephen Twomey was lying dead next to him. He had been beaten to death and Dahmer had no recollection of doing it. So, naturally, he went and bought a suitcase to remove Stephen's body discreetly from the hotel. He took it back home to his grandma's house and down to the basement where the suitcase sat for a week before he dismembered it. What what month was this again? We are in September. Okay. I was still still warm. It's still probably warm. Uh, He then filleted the flesh from the bone and cut it into small pieces, put the flesh into garbage bags... He then took the bones, wrapped them in a sheet, and smashed them with a sledgehammer. Jeffrey then put it all into the garbage, except for the head, which Jeffrey kept wrapped in a blanket for two weeks. Oh! He then boiled Stephen's head in a mixture of Soilex, which is an alkaline industrial detergent, and bleach. He wanted to keep the skull for masturbation purposes. Okay. But the skull had become brittle during the stripping process, so he pulverized it and disposed of it. What was left is of Stephen Twomey's body was never found. This was the turning point that would begin the addiction that would become his killing spree. Dahmer would then start to seek out his victims, and the killing would be sporadic between 1987 and 1990. So in November, two months after murdering Stephen Twomey, Jeffrey had found his third victim, a 14-year-old prostitute named James Doxtator. Dahmer told James he would pay him $50 to pose for nude photos. James agreed, and Dahmer took him back home to Grandma's house. He took James down to the basement where they had sex. Then Dahmer drugged and strangled the boy. I'm going to stop here for a second and just preface the fact that uh, James is one of very few people, I'm not going to say men because he was a child, that Dahmer had sex with while they were conscious. Because Jeffrey Dahmer had necrophilia. He didn't understand what... He wouldn't understand for many years until he got caught what what the fuck was wrong with him and why he did the things he did. And he never killed anyone until they were unconscious. You know, this isn't a Bundy, I want to strangle you and watch the life fall out mm-hmm. of your, you know, go away from your eyes. Yeah. He always killed them when they were unconscious. And I will get to that. Um, but the boy's body was left down in the basement for a week before he was dismembered and his flesh removed from the bones, this time with acid. The bones were then pulverized and would be dispersed like he did with Stephen Hicks, his very first victim. Put them all out in a boot. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was left was then bagged up and thrown in the trash except for a skull, which Dahmer boiled down like he did with Stephen Twomey, trying to perfect his process. He held on to James's skull for a while before destroying it. So, March 4th, 1988, Dahmer met 23-year-old Richard Guerrero outside of one of the bars he frequented called the Phoenix. He offered 
Guerrero. God, that's a hard word. (laughs) Guerrero, $50 to spend the rest of the night with him. And then took him back to Granny's house where he drugged him with sleeping pills and then strangled him with a leather strap. One source said he performed oral sex on the corpse. Um, Another said it was before he killed him. I'm going to assume maybe it was both because Dahmer Mm. was really starting to embrace his necrophilia at this point. April 23rd, 1988. Dahmer found another young man and lured him to his house, gave him some coffee that was, of course, drugged. But this time, Jeffrey was interrupted before he could do anything. Both he and the victim heard Dahmer's grandma call down to the basement. Is that you, Jeff? He replied in a way to make her think that he was alone, but she noticed that he was not. Dahmer panicked and opted not to kill this person. He instead waited until the man went unconscious and then dropped him off at County General. The man would later come forward to tell the story, and he has chosen to remain anonymous, and I assume he knows exactly how fucking lucky he is. Oh, yeah. Right. So, in September 88, Grandma had had enough of her grandson's late drunken nights, and the fact that he was always bringing strangers home, not to mention the smell that was always coming from the basement and the garage. Mm. She asked Jeffrey to move out. He found a one-bedroom apartment on North 25th Street in Milwaukee, which he moved into on the 25th of September. However, the very next day, he was arrested at work for drugging and sexually fondling a 13-year-old boy whom he had brought home to his new place after offering to take nude photos of him. I will assume Dahmer offered him money. I don't know how or why the boy survived, but he's damn lucky that he did. Yes. In January 1989, Jeffrey Dahmer was convicted of second-degree assault and enticing a child for immoral purposes. The sentencing was suspended for May of 1989, and Dahmer moved back to his grandma's house temporarily. Two months later, shortly before his fucking sentencing, uh, Dahmer would kill his fifth victim, 26-year-old Anthony Lee Sears. Um, It was... March 25th, he was at one of his local gay bars. He would later say that he was not there trolling for a kill. He was just out and about. It was close to last call when Anthony Sears approached Dahmer at the bar, and he would later say that he found Sears exceptionally attractive and asked him to go home with him, which he unfortunately did. When they got back to Grandma's, Dahmer said they had oral sex, and then he did his usual drugging and strangling. The next morning, he took the dead man up to Granny's bathtub. I don't know where Granny was, where he decapitated him and attempted to skin the body. God. He then removed the flesh from the bones, which he would later um, pulverize the bones, not the flesh. And the flesh was thrown away, which was now clearly part of his M.O. Um, Anthony Sears would also be the first victim that he kept body parts from. He put his head and genitals in acetone to preserve... And he would keep them in his locker at work. Oh. Dahmer would later say, it was my way of remembering their appearance, their physical beauty. I also wanted to keep something. If I couldn't keep them there with me whole, I at least felt that I could keep their skeletons. He had come up with a plan then to build an altar that he would make up of 10 different skeletons and skulls, which would serve as a place for him to sit and collect his thoughts and feed the monster that had become his uncontrollable obsession. 
Did you, I sent you the link to the article. Mm -hmm. It was like 25 terrifying and also some boring objects found in Jeffrey Dahmer's home. Right. He, and he drew it up. Yeah. that It was on there. Yeah. Like the actual blueprint oh, he yeah. had made for this altar he had intended on creating. Yep. It was going to be like, on oh, a specific Jesus. wall. Mm -hmm. um, he was going to have a black leather chair. Yep. That he would sit there. It was going to have incense holders on either side mm -hmm. and blue, specifically blue globe lights. Yep. And he was just going to build this Pol Pot-esque. Yeah, altar. Altar of skeletons, and, whole skeletons and, and skulls. And it of, like and on the... Of specific people. On the little like sketch blueprint he made, yeah. it even like has everything labeled like skull here. Yeah. It's like, Jesus. Yes. Like you're drawing a blueprint to fucking build a coffee table, you right. know? But also, I feel like if we were creating our own, well, that's exactly what we would have written too. Right. Be like, just some bones here, yeah. crystals there. Yeah. Yikes. So May of 1989, Dahmer's sentencing finally came and he was sentenced to five years probation and one year in the House of Correction with work release permitted so that he could keep his job. He was also required to register as a sex offender. There it is. So two months before his year was up, he was paroled and his five-year probation started. After his release, he stayed at Granny's for a very short time before finding an apartment. In May of 1990, he moved to 925 North 25th Street, apartment 213. And this is where shit would get way, way real worse. Bad. It's real, real bad. So within his first week in his new place, he found his sixth victim... 32-year-old sex worker, Raymond Smith. Dahmer offered him $50 and, I skipped a page, hold on, brought him home where he drugged and strangled him and performed oral sex on his dead body. The next morning, Dahmer went out and bought a Polaroid camera, then took it home and posed Smith's body in some pretty vile positions before dismembering him. I have seen... Dahmer's photos and disturbing does not fucking cover it um, he cut off the man's head hands and genitals which he set up and took photos of I've seen them he then boiled his arms legs and pelvis in soylex Dahmer had bought a giant vat that he would keep in his bedroom which he would put the rest of Smith's remains, excluding his skull, which he decided to spray paint black and keep in a cabinet with Anthony Sears' skull, which he had brought from his work locker to the new apartment. A week later, Dahmer went out to find his seventh victim. He found a man and brought him home. But Dahmer drank the wrong drink and drugged his own damn self. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. When he woke up the next morning, the man had robbed him of $300, his watch, and some clothes. So back at it he went and decided that his number seven would be an acquaintance of his named Edward Smith. He invited Smith over, drugged and strangled him per his usual ritual, but this time he decided to switch up the process. The bleaching of the skulls were making the bones too brittle, so he thought maybe he'd stick the head in the freezer for a while to see if this would help. Why? I don't know. The rest of the remains were put into the vat of acid, and months later, he would add the head as well, then put it in the oven to dry. Smith's skull exploded. 
Oh. In the oven. Yeah. Oh. Right. Dahmer was very upset about this particular murder because he wasn't able to keep a piece of Edward Smith. And that did stick with him. It really bummed him out. So three months later, his eighth victim would be 22-year-old sex worker Ernest Miller, whom he picked up on a corner. He offered him $50 if he would go home with him so he could listen to his heart. That's all he wanted to do. So Ernest went home with Jeffrey, and when he tried to give Ernest a blowjob, he told Dahmer, that'll cost you extra. Hmm. That was when Jeffrey handed his guest the customary laced drink, which he drank, but it wasn't enough. And Ernest Miller didn't go down entirely, so Dahmer slit his throat. Dahmer posed his body in sexual positions and took his Polaroids. He then put the man in the bathtub for dismemberment. He cut off his head first and would talk to and kiss Miller's severed head throughout the entire process. This was the first victim that he decided to keep for eating. He would later say that at first it was just curiosity, but then it would become a compulsion, a way of making him feel that they were a part of him. He wrapped Ernest Miller's heart, biceps, and some leg flesh in a plastic, into plastic, and put it in the fridge, along with his severed head, which he would later strip and coat with enamel for preservation. He cooked down the rest of the body, kept the bones, and disposed of the flesh and organs per his usual methods. Acid. So Dahmer's ninth victim was in September of 1990. He met 22-year-old David Thomas at the mall and invited him over for some drinks and offered money if he'd let Dahmer take photos of him. They got back to the house. Dahmer gave David the lace drink, but then Dahmer decided he wasn't attracted to him but he was afraid that he'd be mad after waking up, so he killed and dismembered him anyway, which he took photos of, but he didn't keep any parts of David Thomas. The next murder wouldn't be for another five months. And during this break, he talked to his probation officer about his depression, anxiety, and suicidal thoughts. So now think about this for just a second. He's been on probation this whole time with regular check-ins since March of 1990. Mm-hmm. We are in September. Dahmer knew what he was doing. Dahmer knew what he was doing was wrong, and he would later say, I desensitized myself to it. When you depersonalize another person and view them as just an object, an object for pleasure instead of a living, breathing human, it seems to make it easier to do things you shouldn't do. So, here we are going into 1991, and things are about to ramp up. By summer, Dahmer would be killing once a week. Oh, no. I just, I was, number one, looking at the Polaroids. Yeah, I'll get there. Um, I'll get there, yeah. And I, I have uh, another really terrible thing to show you once we're done. Here. So... The first murder of the year would be in February. Jeffrey picked up his 10th victim, 17-year-old Curtis Strotter, standing at a bus stop. Dahmer offered him money for posing for nude photos and sex. Dahmer drugged him and strangled him with a leather strap. He then dismembered him, took photos of the process. He would keep the boy's skull, hands, and genitals. Uh, The rest of his remains would be thrown in the garbage. April 7th, Dahmer found his 11th victim, 19-year-old Errol Lindsay. He lured him to his apartment where he drugged him per usual, but this time he had a different plan. He wanted to attempt to keep a live, subservient sex slave in a zombie-like state. 
So while he was passed out, Dahmer drilled a hole into Errol's head. And Errol woke up during the process. And according to Dahmer in a later statement, when he woke up, he said, I have a headache. What time is it? Dahmer then gave him more of the drink and strangled him. Jeffrey decapitated and skinned Errol, hoping to keep and preserve his skin, which did not work. So he had to dispose of it, but he did keep the skull. By this time, neighbors had started to complain to management about the smells coming from Unit 213, as well as loud, thumping, falling sounds and the occasional chainsaw. Guys, a fucking chainsaw. Chainsaw. No. Random aside, did you know that chainsaws were originally invented to help with birth? What? Yeah. Birth for who? Babies. Ladies giving birth to babies. It was a... A birthing aid. That's where chainsaws come from. No. Yeah. That is not. No. I'm not. It's not. It, that's a yes. What? I know. No. I know. We're going to get back to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking it up. I, okay, so. I had to, like, somebody said it. And I'm like, that's not. No. And then I had to look it up. I was like, oh, I hate everything. So Dahmer apologized to management and had several excuses you know his fish died his freezer and fridge broke the food was rotten you know and there's nothing necessarily sus about Jeffrey Dahmer you know I mean there's a few times I looked at him at right after he got arrested I was like hey he looks kind of creepy but most of the time in interviews he's just so non-sus you know he just you know oh why wouldn't you believe him? Yeah. He's he's non-threatening. So, May 24th, Dahmer would find his 12th victim, 31-year-old Anthony Hughes. Uh, Anthony was a deaf mute. And Dahmer gave him a written note asking him to post nude for him, to which he agreed. Once at the apartment, Dahmer did the usual lace drink and strangulation. Um, once dead, he kept the body on the floor of his bedroom for a few days. May 26th, Dahmer would get very fucking close to being caught. And if only he had. This was the day he met his 13th victim, 14-year-old Conorak since Oh, motherfucker. Yeah, Conorak. Conorak since synthesomophone. Yes. God damn it. Oddly enough, he was the younger brother of the boy that Dahmer had molested in 88, to which he was currently on fucking probation for. Oh. The one that got away. Oh. Uh-huh. Boy. Yeah. So Jeffrey approached the boy with the offer of cash for photos, and according to Dahmer, Conorak was not initially interested, but changed his mind and went home with Dahmer. Once at the apartment, Jeffrey took a couple photos of him and then drugged the boy and took him to the bedroom where Anthony Hughes's decomposing body still laid. Dahmer would later say that he thought the boy had seen the corpse but had been too close to blacking out that he didn't react or remember. While Conorak was unconscious, Dahmer performed oral sex on him and Dahmer decided that he would again try to make his zombie sex slave. He drilled a hole into the boy's skull and injected hydrochloric acid into his frontal lobe and then sat around and had a few beers and then headed to the bar for a bit. So when Dahmer came back expecting his new zombie sex slave to be totally a vegetable, but alive, um, 
he saw that Conorak was sitting outside on the corner naked and confused, speaking in Lao to three very concerned women. Jeffrey went and told them that the boy was his friend and that he would take care of him, to which the women said, nah, motherfucker, we've called 911. Mm-hmm. What happened next was nothing short of an epic fucking fail on the Milwaukee Police Department. Yup. When the officers arrived, Dahmer said that Conorak was his 19-year-old boyfriend named John and that he had gotten drunk after they'd had a fight and that he would just take him back upstairs. And the cops were like, yeah, okay. Yeah, go for it. And the women were having none of it. One of them pointed out that the boy was bleeding from his butt. There was blood on his on his backside. Um, and he was resisting Dahmer's help. He didn't want Dahmer's fucking help to which the officers told them to butt out mm-hmm. um, they helped Dahmer get Conorak to the apartment where Dahmer showed them the pics that he'd taken earlier in the evening to corroborate his story that they were lovers the officers looked around half assed and told Dahmer to take good care of John before they left number one there's a decomposing body in the fucking bedroom you can't smell that Officer, everybody else can. R- really? Like, I just don't even... If they had taken a f- just a fucking shred of time to run Dahmer's name, they would have seen that he was a convicted child molester and on fucking probation. They didn't even run his name. And Conorak Synthesomophoam could have been saved, but instead... He got another dose of hydrochloric acid to the brain and died. Jeffrey had two bodies in his apartment, so he took the 28th of May off to dismember them and put them into his vat of acid and keep their skulls. June 30th, Dahmer took a trip to Chicago where he found his 14th victim, 20-year-old Matt Turner, at a bus station. He picked him up with his customary photo shoot ploy and once at the apartment drugged and strangled him. Jeffrey then dismembered the body, keeping his head and internal organs to put in the freezer. He would leave other parts of Matt just laying around the apartment for a while. July 7th, Jeffrey met his 15th victim, 23-year-old Jeremy Weinberger, in a Chicago gay bar. He invited Jeremy to come to Milwaukee and spend the weekend with him. Once at the apartment, he drugged Jeremy and had decided yet again to attempt to make a zombie sex slave. Once unconscious, Dahmer drilled a hole into the man's skull and this time injected his brain with boiling water, which immediately put Jeremy into a coma. He would die two days later and his body was dismembered and put into the acid. That's what happens when you dissolve, you know, your cerebral fucking cortex. Right. So there you go. July 15th, Dahmer met his 16th victim, 23-year-old Oliver Lacey. He offered the man money for photos and they headed back to Dahmer's apartment. Lacey was a little different, though. One of the few. Jeffrey wanted more time with him. They had sex while he was conscious. And instead of the usual sleeping pills, uh, Jeffrey used chloroform and then strangled him. Dahmer called in to work the next day to spend more time with Lacey's body. The time was granted, but then he was suspended from work. Jeffrey had sex with Oliver's body before dismembering him. His head and heart were put in the fridge. The flesh stripped from the bones and his skeleton placed in the freezer. 
Four days later, on July 19th, Jeffrey was fired from his job at the chocolate factory, and shit is coming undone for Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm -hmm. That same day, Dahmer found his 17th victim, 25-year-old Joseph Brandhoff, lured him to the apartment with money for photos. Joseph was drugged and then strangled. Dahmer didn't dismember him right away and left him in bed with him for two days. When he decided it was time to dismember the body, he pulled away the sheets and found that uh, the man's head was full of maggots. Hmm. So it needed to be cleaned before he would put it in the fridge. He would keep Joseph's torso out and about for a few days before putting it into the acid vat along with the other body parts of Matt that he had just laying around. Um, so here we are. July 22nd, 1991. And Dahmer is looking for his 18th victim. But we all know Dahmer only had 17. This is where it's all going to end. And this is also where we are about to get a glimpse of what it must have been like for the previous 17 victims. Because this one will survive. Yeah. He is also going to later testify against Jeffrey Dahmer and tell what it was like to be in apartment 213 with a murderous Jeffrey Dahmer. So the evening of the 22nd, Jeffrey approached three men at the bar and offered $100 for nude photos and to have drinks to any one of them that wanted to come to his house. Um, One man agreed, and that was 32-year-old Tracy Edwards. When they got there, the first thing Edwards noticed was the fucking stench. So, again, fuck you to those police officers. Mm-hmm. And that That's was, just negligent. That was not at all, and I don't know if you talk about it, but a lot of his neighbors were always like, the fuck? Oh, yeah, dude? I did. I did. I had to tune out for yeah. a minute. And also that was, I think, when yeah. I found He his... was getting... Com- oh, it's when you were looking at the pictures. Yeah, he was getting yeah. the complaints about management. Uh-huh. And he had... Yeah, and he's like, no, it's just my chest freezer full of yes. meat is broken. Yes, oh, and, and his fish died. Really, sir? Right. I'm like, why do you have the weird, giant, human-sized vat over there, my guy? Yep. So... Old fish water. Why are, yep. you, why are you... Nobody keeps that. No. So the first thing, like I said, he noticed was the fucking stench... And there were boxes of hydrochloric acid on the floor. Yeah, that's not normal. He asked about them. And Dahmer said he used it for cleaning bricks. What? Red flag number one, my dude. Why? why number one, cleaning bricks? Just, okay? That's a weird hobby. Okay. So they had some light conversation, and Dahmer told Tracy to check out his tropical fish tank. When he looked over at it, Jeffrey cuffed one of his wrists. Red flag number two, my dude. Edwards asked what was going on, and Dahmer attempted to get the other wrist cuffed, which Edwards was like, "Uh uh-uh. Dahmer then tried to play it off and suggested that they go into the bedroom for the photo shoot. When they got into the room, Edwards noticed that there was a TV, and it was on, and The Exorcist 3 was playing. Of all choices. And there was a giant blue 57-gallon drum in the corner, And the stench coming from it was fucking unbearable. In a later interview, Jeffrey said that he would always watch The Exorcist 3 before he killed to get himself into the right frame of mind. He would say that watching it made him feel hopelessly evil and perverted and that he got pleasure from watching it. 
Uh, Dahmer then pulled out a knife and told Tracy that he was going to take photos of him. Tracy Edwards was smart, and he was going to play this game. He was going to fucking live. He unbuttoned his shirt and said that he would get naked if Dahmer put the knife away and took off the cuffs. Dahmer then looked over at the TV, started to rock back and forth, Mm. and chant. Oh, no. What he was chanting, no fucking clue. But then he approached Edwards, put his ear up to his chest, looked up at him, and said, I'm going to eat your heart. Oh, boy. Tracy knew this dude was not okay. Nope. And he assured Dahmer that everything was cool, and uh, he's not going to run away. And he had every intention of either jumping out that fucking window or heading for the door at the first opportunity. He was going to play this game. Uh-huh. Tracy suggested that they go back into the living room where it was air-conditioned so that they could sit and have a beer. Mm. He wanted to get out of that room for many reasons. Well, fuck yeah. Number one, being it's closer to Closer the to door. the door and window. The stench, the smell, the exorcist, and all of the above. (laughs) All of those at minimum. Dahmer agreed. They went into the living room, sat on the couch. Tracy said he needed to use the restroom. And when he got up to go, he punched Dahmer in the face, knocked him back, and ran out the front fucking door. Excellent. At 11.30 p.m., Tracy flagged down a passing police car. Officers Robert Routh and Rolf Mueller stopped and noticed that he had handcuffs on one wrist. When they asked him about it, he told them that some freak had put it put them on him and they asked and he asked if they could get the cuffs off. They told him that their keys wouldn't work and it had to be the key for the brand of cuffs. So, the officers agreed and suggested they take Tracy Edwards back to the apartment. No, to confront the man that cuffed him and remove the cuffs. They had no fucking idea what they were in for. I feel like you never do in these situations. So Tracy and the two officers go to apartment 213, knock on the door. Jeffrey invites them in. He would say in a later interview that on the night of his arrest, he had no recollection of what had happened in the six hours prior to hearing that knock on his door. Oh, that's not great. Jeffrey admitted to cuffing Edwards, but didn't give a reason. This was when Edwards told the police that the man, being Dahmer, had pulled a knife on him when they were in the bedroom. Dahmer said literally nothing. Officer Mueller asked Jeffrey where the key was, and Jeffrey simply pointed towards the bedroom and said in the nightstand. Don't look in there. Mueller went into the bedroom, and as we can all imagine, I'm sure the stench of the apartment had their hackles up first and foremost, like it should have the first set of cops, but no, no, no. Like, oh, you're just in a a domestic squabble with your boyfriend. It's fine. He's not going to kill you. It's normal. Suck it. They should have run his name. Period. Yeah. So, uh, Mueller, Officer Mueller, found the knife that Edwards had said was in there. And he looked for the key to the cuffs. Oh, no. And that's when he saw the Polaroids. Yeah, it's not Lots and lots of Polaroids of bodies in various stages of dismemberment, decapitated heads, hands, penises, body parts. And from the living room, Dahmer heard the loud shout of, cuff him, which Officer Routh did immediately. Dahmer tried to resist at first, but he was taken down pretty quickly. Officer Mueller came out of the bedroom with the Polaroids, showed them to his partner and said, these are for real. Backup was called immediately. 
Officer Mueller started to look around the apartment while Officer Routh had Dahmer pinned to the floor. Mueller opened the fridge and found the severed head of an African-American male staring back at him on the bottom shelf. Dahmer looked directly at him and said, for what I did, I should be dead. He would later say that this was the turning point for him. There was no point in trying to hide his actions anymore. And the best thing to do would be to help the police identify all the victims and to make a complete confession. He was arrested. His house was searched. A total of four skulls were found in the kitchen. Seven skulls found in the bedroom. Some were painted. Some were bleached. Some were varnished. The fridge had two human hearts, an arm muscle, the freezer had an entire torso and a bag of human organs and flesh. They also found two entire skeletons, a pair of severed hands, two preserved penises, a mummified scalp, and 74 Polaroids. In the blue 57-gallon vat, they found three torsos in various stages of dissolving. On July 23rd, Jeffrey Dahmer was questioned, waiving his right to an attorney, and he admitted to all of the murders dating back to 1978. Dahmer admitted to necrophilia, as well as having uh, engaging in sexual acts with their internal organs. Right. So he mm. went into detail about the dismemberment, his ritual, his processes, um, and his ritual of posing the bodies beforehand, which were all very similar. I've seen them, and all I can say is you cannot unsee them. So he had a thing for a very unnatural chest-out position, almost like the body is formed in a full circle. It's arched all the way back to form a circle. Yes, I. there is a sculpture Gross. of one of the bodies. Great. The... Um, I will come back to that. Yeah. Because it's, there's so much about it that I hate. Right. And then one more thing that I'm like, oh, oh no. Yeah. So it was a very, he had a thing for a very unnatural chest out position. And it's only possible once the head is removed. He literally yep. made the body into the form of a circle. But like it's doing a back bend. Yeah. Uh... But there's no head. So it's. Yeah, it's the, it's the in... neck is essentially touching the toes. Yeah, backwards. It's but he mm -mm. he he would always pose the bodies with their chests puffed out. Mm -hmm. He had a real weird thing for chests, hmm. right? I don't know what that is. Um, so the chest and the torso it's themselves would play a big part of his obsession. He liked the torsos. He liked the chest. Jeff Jeffrey also admitted uh, to the cannibalism, eating the hearts, livers, and biceps and thighs. Those were his cuts of um, some of his victims. And he would later say that the killing was a means to an end. That was the least satisfactory part. I didn't enjoy doing that. That's why I tried to create the living zombies with uric acid in the drill to the head, but it never worked. No, the killing was not the objective. I just wanted to have complete control, not having to consider their wishes, being able to keep them as long as I wanted. Jeffrey Dahmer didn't want to kill people. Killing wasn't his thing. It was the rest of it. That was his thing. It was the necrophilia. It was the possession. It was the ownership. 
he never wanted that he just never wanted them to leave he didn't want to be alone ever he never wanted them to leave but here's the thing jeffrey dahmer wasn't an ugly dude if he had just been able to go out and meet a dude and have a normal relationship he could have had the same outcome but again he didn't like his partners to move that was the necrophilia he had so many fucking things wrong with him um you know July 25th, 1991, Dahmer was charged with four counts of first-degree murder. And that was just from what they found in the apartment. Um, By August 22nd, he had been charged with another 11 of the murders committed in Wisconsin. On September 14th, investigators in Ohio, having uncovered hundreds of bone fragments in the woods behind his parents' house, where Dahmer had confessed to killing his first victim, they identified two molars and a vertebra with x-rays of Stephen Hicks. So three days later, Dahmer was charged in Ohio for Hicks's murder. Dahmer was not charged with the attempted murder of Tracy Edwards or for the actual murder of Stephen Twomey. He was not charged with Twomey's murder because the Milwaukee County DA only brought charges where murder could be proven beyond a reasonable doubt. And Dahmer had no memory of killing Twomey and there was no physical evidence or a body. Just Dahmer's confession. There was never a body. So, Mm. right. Um, At a scheduled preliminary hearing on January 13th, 1992, Dahmer pled guilty. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer's trial started on the 30th of January, 1992, presided over by a judge, Lawrence Graham. Now, I'm not going to go into great detail about what happened because we all know how this fucking goes down. Okay? When he had originally pled guilty, he waived his right to a trial. He didn't want one. Mm -hmm. He just wanted to be put away for what he did. He was examined by forensic psychiatrist Dr. Carl Wallstrom. And... Wallstrom diagnosed Dahmer with necrophilia, borderline personality disorder, schizotypal personality disorder, alcohol dependence, and a psychotic disorder. Two other court-appointed mental health professionals testifying independently of either the prosecution or the defense uh, were forensic psychiatrist George Palermo and clinical psychologist Samuel Friedman. Palermo stated that the murders were the result of a pent-up aggression within himself. He killed those men because he wanted to kill the source of his homosexual attraction to them. In killing them, he killed what he hated in himself. Palermo concluded that Dahmer was a sexual sadist with antisocial personality disorder, but he was legally sane. The trial lasted two weeks, with Jeffrey Dahmer making a statement at closing arguments. He said... Your Honor, it is over now. This has never been a case of trying to get free. I didn't ever want freedom. Frankly, I wanted death for myself. This was a case to tell the world that I did what I did, not for reasons of hate. I hated no one. I know I was sick, or evil, or both. Now I believe I was sick. The doctors have told me about my sickness, and now I have some peace. And on February 15th, the court reconvened to hear the verdict. Dahmer was ruled to be sane and not suffering from a mental disorder at the time of each of the 15 murders for which he was tried. On the first two counts, Dahmer was sentenced to life imprisonment imprisonment plus 10 years, with the remaining 13 counts carrying a mandatory sentence of life plus 70. The death penalty was not an option uh, because Wisconsin had abolished it in 1853. 
So, after sentencing, Dahmer was sent to Columbia Correctional Institution, where he spent his first year in solitary for his own safety. After the year was up, with his consent, he went to a less secure unit where he was assigned to the toilet cleaning work detail. In July of 1994, a fellow inmate, Osvaldo Duruthi, attempted to slash Dahmer's throat with a toothbrush shiv as Dahmer was returning to his cell from church. He had superficial wounds and was fine. However, on the morning of November 28, 1994, Jeffrey Dahmer would not be so lucky. Uh-uh. He was leaving his cell to go to work detail with two other inmates, Jesse Anderson and Christopher Scarver. They were cleaning the shower area in the gym and were left unsupervised for around 20 minutes. When the guard came back at 8.10 a.m., Jesse Anderson and Jeffrey Dahmer were found on the floor of the bathroom. Dahmer was alive but had severe head and facial wounds. He had been beaten in the head with a 20-inch long metal bar that was found on the floor and there was also evidence that his head had been repeatedly rammed into the wall. He was taken to the hospital and pronounced dead an hour later. Jesse would die from his wounds two days later, and Christopher Scarver had taken them out. In a later statement, Scarver would say that when he attacked Jeffrey Dahmer, he didn't make a sound. Not a single one. He didn't plead. He didn't yell. He didn't resist. He did literally nothing. Per his request, there was no service, and he was cremated with his parents splitting his ashes, and his entire estate was awarded to the families of the 11 victims that he was convicted of killing. That is the rough conclusion of fucking Dahmer. Phrasing. (laughs) So, um... Yeah. Mom died. Yep. Um... And Dad is still alive. Yes, he is. With the stepmom. Yep. Brother is around. Brother's changed his name. Yes, he has. He does not go by Dahmer. Mm-mm. And he stays very far away from all of this. Why? I, I don't know. Weird. Dad yeah. kept his name, though. Yeah. Um. You know, when Jeffrey was in prison and his mother was, you know, his, they had 10 minutes with him before they took him away. And his mom was very concerned about what could potentially happen to him mm-hmm. in prison. Yeah. And he said, Mom, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care what happens to me. Whatever happens to me in prison, I deserve. Yeah. And I think she said when he had died, she's like, Is, are, like, something are like, you happy are now? Are you happy now? He's yeah. been bludgeoned to death. Are you all happy now? Yeah. Which I'm sure a lot of people were I'm like, sure a lot of people were. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's the thing about Dahmer. And I... What that doctor said makes so much sense it, it every time he killed it was that piece of him that he was not okay with mm-hmm. he was never okay with his homosexuality in fact i mean he's he never was like yeah i'm gay i'm here i, I mean he, that's not it caused a lot of problems for him it was something he was very ashamed of it was that dark yeah. what he considered that dark part of him that he couldn't deal with yeah and so, yeah, I just, and, and didn't, and it was Christopher Scarver. Mm-hmm. Didn't he say that God told him yes. to kill both of those men? Yeah, he was, uh, yeah. He, and he was already in there for murder, right? Yeah, he was schizophrenic. Yeah, he was just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, he was I schizophrenic. read a little bit about what happened after he went to jail and I was like, oh, good Lord. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. I can, I think he wanted it. He wanted to die. 
Yeah. He wanted he, once. I mean, he could have. So many people could have lived if he had maybe just made that choice on his own to go out on his own terms. Or, but Dahmer was sick. Dahmer didn't. Mm-hmm. Dahmer was sick. You know, Bundy was sick, but Bundy got a sexual thrill out of overpowering and dominating and hurting women. Yes. I don't think that Dahmer got that kind of thrill from killing. He said himself, that was never the objective. It was just the means to the end. He needed the corpse. Mm -hmm. He didn't like the killing. He didn't enjoy that part. And I think that's why he always drugged them first. Mm Mm-hmm. Because yeah. once they were unconscious, there's no struggle. It's just done. Mm-hmm. That was the means to the end. The end was the corpse that he could have sex with because he had fucking... He, he was a necrophiliac. You know? Yeah. It. I, trust me, I am not no. saying that that makes it okay. No. What he did was fucking heinous and horrible. Yes. And... and I really, truly wish that he had gotten caught and, and that 14-year-old boy could have been saved mm-hmm. and, uh, with, you know, several other people after that. But, yeah. Yeah, and fucking, I hope those cops got fired. I don't think they did. Wow. I think one of them actually made chief many years later. Huh. Yeah. That's some police work there. That's something I read a long time ago. Um, but I will look into that. Some damn good police work right there. Yeah. Was, uh, rewarded, essentially. In a... Gross. In a way. Um, yes. So, looking up the photos, the Mm. Polaroids, which... Mm -hmm. Don't do it! You'll never unsee it. Yeah, I've said it. I I said it. You really... If you want to see it, that's on you, but you cannot unsee it you can't if you want to if you want an idea of what one of them of what she was talking about the um the arch mm-hmm. position mm-hmm. Uh, one of the victims was decapitated on a bed yeah you can look up the arch of hysteria which is a sculpture by louise bourgeois oh let me see french artist uh she she did it in 93 so it's definitely from that picture. There's no there's no way it's not. There's no way it's not. There's no way it's not. Cuz it's there it is. There's no way it's not. So number 1, now just imagine that with a decapitated body. Fucking gross. <laughs> like that's yeah. Louise, I feel like you're kind of a dick. Right? Also, something that should be absolutely it was it uh, that statue was at the MoMA. Oh. And now it's owned by someone, I don't know, I forgot their name, Pode- John Podesta or something. Mm-hmm. But also, do you want to see a picture of someone who, who went to visit it at the MoMA? Oh, God. Please. Oh, my God. It's fucking Gwyneth Paltrow. Just standing behind this statue, smiling. Like, I don't know if she knows what that's based off of. Of course she doesn't. But. She's not that cool. It's awful. Like, wow. 
You're the worst. Of course. Gwyneth had to invade our Dahmer day. <sighs> Fucking oh, wretched oh, whore. <sighs> yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Sources. Uh, yeah, sources. But yeah, no, if you want to look at the Polaroids, they're out there. Oh. You can see them. They're gross. You can, but you can't unsee them. You can't unsee them. So that, that's a you call. That is, don't blame me. No, that's all. We we done said don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Those are probably some of the most disturbing photos I've seen. Yeah. Crime scene wise. I've I saw I severed I saw severed wings. Yeah. Hands. Uh-huh. Heads. Yeah. Yeah. Cracked open rib cage like yeah. a goddamn hog in a slaughterhouse. Yeah. Can't not. unsee it, guys. You can't. The one that really got me though was the one of the head. Mm-hmm. The one with the head and the hands? Yeah. Yeah. And the wang? I have tried to black out all of them. Oh, uh, yeah. But because yeah. I, yeah, I mostly it's, focused, because it was, like, just staring. Like, I yeah, don't care yeah, for that. Yeah, he's got the trifecta there. It's his head, his hands, and his penis. Yeah, I just... All in one shot. Couldn't stop staring at the face. Mm, yeah, so... Thankfully. Uh, sources. I've got Wikipedia, mm-hmm. Murderpedia, yep. CrimeMuseum.org. History.com, Oxygen.com, let's see, Lena Tron, because I can read my own writing, (laughs) Ranker.com, Rogan Kim, or is it Rogan? It's R-O-G-I-N. Anyway. Rogan? Rogine. Yes. (laughs) I like your flair, Osage. It's (laughs) Rogine Osage. TheCrimeMag.com, YouTube, Inside Edition, and Dateline MSNBC. Yes. Liberal trend. I've got UPI.com, AETV.com, Adam Janos, Ranker, Lee MJ, Wikipedia, TheLineup.com, Vocal.media was by a user called Silence Unhinged, uh, CrimeMuseum.org, ChangeWalmart.org, of all fucking things. That was the weirdest source in the world. That is really weird. uh, By a user named M. Pond. And I think I forgot. Mm, the, I forgot to write down, but I did use um, some sources from Oxygen. Uh, you. Yeah, I, I closed There that. was no name? No. If it's the one you sent me, there's no name. Yeah, no, I think it is that yeah, same one. So, um, and it was also just um, because they did, a, I don't know if it was a series or just a one-off episode called Dahmer on Dahmer. And um, it was an interview with Lionel and Sherry, mm-hmm. for the most part. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, what's interesting, too, for a mother that was so uninvolved and unaffectionate, you know, she was all up in it for the trial. Yeah. You know, she was all indignant when he died and mm-hmm. yelling at everyone, are you happy now? Are you, Joyce? <laughs> I mean, right? Like source. Hello. Yeah. If if the movie portrays her right, she's extreme. She's uh, she likes to play the victim quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it. Yeah. I and I don't think she did, but wondering if it's like because like a little Munchausen situation. Interesting. Could be. Um, but again, you know, all of these things do not a killer make. No, not at all. So he uh, had to have had something within himself to, mm-hmm. you know. Your parents fight and your mom's distant and unaffectionate doesn't make you have necrophilia. No. You know? Yeah. 
I think that just defective. I mean, who knows? Maybe it was all the meds. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was just a fucking defect in the brain. You know? We will never, never know fully. No. No. You know, what his trigger was, if he even even had a trigger. Mm -hmm. Not everyone does. You know, and he is different to me in the way that, again, it was never about the killing. Yeah. For someone who has such a high body count. Yeah. It wasn't about the killing. Just very odd. It was the compulsion of needing the body. Yeah, which, if that was it, bro, why didn't you find work at a mortuary? Right? Or be a grave digger or something like that. Which is god-awful to say, but the alternative, again, so much worse. Yeah. Yeah. Because he really didn't care for them much when they were awake and, you know. Yeah. They were, they were very, like, there were just those couple men that he was with sexually while they were awake. Mm-hmm. And I think that those were the ones that maybe he was more attracted to or there was just something about them. Mm-hmm. You know, but there was the one that he was, decided he wasn't attracted to. But he was like, ah, I've already drugged him. I gotta kill him now because if he wakes up, he's gonna be pissed. Right. But he didn't keep any parts of him. He did not. Because he decided he wasn't attracted to him. Yeah. He's a very sick man. Very sick. Necrophilia is never great. Nope. But in the case of Jeffrey Dahmer, I feel like it was better. (laughs) Sure. Than murder. Yeah. Yeah. I wish he just would have stuck to that. Yeah. Like find someone that's already dead and yeah, and it's it's never great. But that's the same thing when he was a kid. He didn't kill the animals. No. He found them already dead. Yeah. So fucking fiddlesticks, right? God, I don't know why that just gets me so much, but it just really creeps me out. Yeah. You know, the one doctor that, of course, he's the expert that you know labeled him a sexual sadist. I don't know. That just doesn't seem, I don't know. I don't either. That doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't feel accurate. Right? But, I don't know. I mean, because in my head, a sexual sadist is someone that gets off on causing pain Mm -hmm. via sex, during sex. Yeah. Or gets off by causing pain. Yeah, or having pain done done to them. them. Yeah. He just, here, drink this, and then night night. Mm-hmm. Now, the drilling in the head and the sex zombie, yeah, you know. Attempted necromancing. But I wonder if he did that because he felt that if he had that, he wouldn't keep going. If he had yeah. the one that wouldn't leave mm-hmm. in the vegetative state, that is alive, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Maybe he felt that that slave. would be the way to end his compulsions. Yeah. It's very difficult to find logic, right? When someone's mind is that sick. Very unwell. And yeah, no, no, no. Fair. It's because that's not the logic of a. Same rationalized person. So nobody's ever going to have that kind of 
logical thought process aside from Jeffrey Dahmer. Fuck, I hope. Right. Ugh. But yeah, his story makes me very sad. He's a monster, but a sad, a sad one. Yeah. Very, and very it's, sad. It's more sad in a way because there was no real catalyst, I guess. Yeah. For yeah. it just, that's just who he yeah. was. Yeah. And that's, that's so why he maybe, said, he said, there's nobody to blame. Yeah. Not society, not my parents, not pornography. Me. Just me. Yeah. But it, and again, like these things will never be answered. And I'm sure the questions have been asked millions of times in the years since but like if what if someone had intervened would it have even helped yeah hard to say hard to say impossible to right. say actually right but, but that's the thing too that he's just a lonely sick man so intriguing about Dahmer to me mm-hmm. is the fact that you when you hear about Jeffrey Dahmer and all the things he did you just assume that he was a sick fucking serial killer that he enjoyed the killing yeah to find out he didn't that he didn't I was just like oh huh yeah that that was just the means to the end yes. an unfortunate side thing that he had to do to achieve what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Gross. Anyway. Awful. Horrible. But Terrible. It's a sad one on yeah. so many levels. Cause yeah. And then Dahmer himself aside, all those poor boys and men that he yeah. murdered. And well, yeah. I mean, cool. and, and when Tracy Edwards was like the the exorcist, the rocking back and forth, the chanting, and you're just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I mean, that situation itself is fucking bone chilling. Yeah. Like. That's what got him. Just putting yourself into Tracy's. Yeah. They're like walking in. You're like, okay, well, this is already fucking weird. It stinks in here. Yeah. Something is off. And then to have that. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. So much therapy had to happen after yeah. that. Yeah. Like I couldn't I don't think I would ever be able to like sleep again yeah. or not for a very long time. Just be afraid, be like And just to know no. that if he hadn't gotten out, that's exactly what was going to have mm-hmm. happened to him. Yeah. He was going to be in that vat that he saw in that bedroom. Yep. His skull was going to be up in that kitchen. Yep. You know? Right, so. I hate it with my entire body. Yes. Yeah, it's a weird one. Like, I can't fully explain why it always bumps me out, but it just uh, does. Yeah. It just does. Yeah. It, it. It's all terrible. Honestly, this story bummed me out more than I thought it was going to. I, th- I just thought it was going to be a gross serial yeah. killer cannibal story, but the more I found out about Dahmer himself, mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, God, I feel bad for you. To a point. To a point. To a point. To a point. Like I said, I'm not gonna, trying to come yeah. across as a Dahmer sympathizer, but no. I I feel bad that he was so sad and so sick. And I mean, it, they all are, right? I guess. Yeah. I mean, all serial is... killers are sick, but there's just something. 
different about him. We need better mental health care. Yeah, there's just something different about him. And, you know, not everyone will see it that way. Like, you know, I've said before, Dennis Rader, I give no fucks. Kemper, different story. There's something different about him to me. Yeah. But I don't know what that says about me as a person either. So. Yeah, I've already said it. We're all terrible. why here. we have a true crime paranormal podcast. It's because, true. you know, we are. Exactly. We are ourselves strange and unusual. Yes. So, anyway, well, we done done it. We did. So, uh, yeah, it's Patreon. We don't have to do all the other stuff. No. You're already here. You're already doing it. You mm-hmm. guys are the elite. You are. You are our elite BFFs. Mm-hmm. All right, hoes. Well, we're out of here. So, till uh, next time, y'all. Hexes and hoes, y'all. Hexes and hoes, y'all. Bye. Bye. Mwah! Fuck you, Bob. Fuck you, Gwyneth Paltrow. You're a dirty whore and I hate you. Yep. All yeah. those things. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yep. Yeah.